Liberty lockdown, piss down your barcode Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you ride with the thought, you've always got a home The virus you're scared of will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe Let's get into the show Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Liberty Lockdown. Very special guest with me today. It is confirmed Lanklet, a.k.a. Travis. What's up, brother? How's it going, Clint? <laughs> special Ed episode. <laughs> That'll be the title. Um, what's, your, what's your Twitter handle? I know it's... Uh, is there like an underscore or anything? Yeah, my name, uh, Travis underscore Tyree. That's right. Okay. Um, well, thank you for coming in, man. Uh, Travis, and I, tra- Travis and I have been... Uh, kindred spirits in this fight for a minute and we found each other through twitter of all places uh, as opposed to hunting women as i'm supposed to i've only i've only met men online so. <laughs> that's how it works <laughs> it is what it is right um so yeah you uh, let's start with uh something we don't talk about very often which is you you have been very much into bodybuilding for a while um are you are you preparing for the book or what are you doing here uh it's been something i've been interested in for a long time my whole life i always consider myself an athlete yeah. my, my goal is pretty much every boy when you're growing up you want to play professional sports yeah so I wanted to try to be fit and work out and train and, and at least look like the athletes if not play like them right and that's kind of carried into adulthood I had a period where I was a late teen where I gained some weight uh, but that was that was a good impetus to kind of re-examine all of my diet and exercise routines and kind but of didn't you gain weight because you were in football though no, I gained weight just because I got lazy after high school. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I got, that's funny. We had the same path. I, I got to be a tank in my mid 20s. Well, you've heard the episode. It was after my friend died. So I was very depressed. I was drinking heavily. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it's always good for people to know that like you can, you can have really major setbacks and still find uh, a reason to, you know, get re inspired and, and kind of dust yourself off and get back in shape. You guys aren't going to be able to see him because we're not doing this episode on video. But he is a, a specimen, and uh, I am I am trying to to get on his level. So <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Speaking of getting on levels, you know your show's been growing. You've had a bunch of uh, pretty important episodes about mental health. You've had a few guys with pretty sizable followings, including Pete Quinones. And then you bring me on. So we're, we're going to crash and burn. Yeah, are, you, are you familiar with... I'm sure you've seen South Park. I mean, I'm sure you've watched oh, yeah. a ton. Everyone our, our age has. We're about the same age, by the way. If people don't know. Yeah, huge fan. Uh, so the episode, The Ugly Kids, where the girls get together and they rank all the boys in, in, in their grade by attractiveness. Yes. And Kyle ends up being last on the list. Yeah, yeah. Well, he befriends the ugly kids, right? <laughs> well, I'm Jamal. I want to bone it to the ground. <laughs> That's what's going to happen to your podcast, man. We're going to bone it to the ground. I, I've already had on Aaron from Timeline, Timeline Earth, so if uh, if he didn't burn it to the ground, I think we'll be all right. He, <laughs> he tried his best. Timeline Earth respecter tapping in. <laughs> yeah, that dude is, uh, man, talk about a radical. It, it's so funny because, um, you know, we a lot of us, especially those that are more of the uh, accelerationist or collapsitarian uh, vein, kind of rooted for this moment. And I've got to say, uh, as much as I do believe that it's necessary that we, we kind of collapse to rebuild, ah, it's witnessing it is nerve wracking to put it mildly. Yeah. Yeah, it really is, man. And, and I think, um, you know, my, my hesitancy with the collapsitarian mindset has been and continues to be that I felt as if there wasn't enough people in this country that valued freedom 
to make a rebuild after a collapse worthwhile. So it's like nothing changed. You know, we watched 10 months of lockdowns. No one, no, no meaningful anti-lockdown movement really arose. So what do you think? Do you think, do you think that we have hope in rebuilding from, from this population or is it all about um, separating into our own little land parcels? Yeah, I think uniting under one system, whatever you want to describe it as, a government, uh, economic system, organization, society, for 330 million people in a landmass as large as the United States, just not very tenable. Yeah. And I think we're seeing that now, right? If someone, like we live, we live in California, so when we see Gavin or Newsom tweeting something, we can check their replies and we will see people crying out on Twitter yeah. saying, oh my God, this person was walking down the street not wearing a mask. Why aren't we doing something about this? And we think, my Lord, we can't even walk outside without people crying to their governor I know. on social media for everybody to see. I know. it's So and on the one sense, it is very literally depressing, right? You see that <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, you know, if something really bad happens, not, you know, this is, last year has been pretty terrible, but if we get to the point, say, People start getting loaded up into train cars. Do you really think those people are going to object to that? No. No. They're going to be cheering it on. They're going to say, oh, yeah, that that jackass. You know, yeah, him. Go take him. Exactly. In a second, you know, it, it, they're just going to sell you out. Yeah. There there really is no unity. And, um, I mean, I know Biden's <laughs> Biden's promising unity, but I think it's going to be in gulags. I, no, I, unity honestly, and dropping bombs on people around the well, world. Th- that's a given. Um, I think that's a given. The, the more paranoid uh, side of me sides with Pete on this one in, in that, you know, it does feel as if they're going to, to hunt dissidents. Like it, it, they're, they're laying the groundwork with the, you know, the Patriot Act two type talk. Um, yeah. What a 20,000 page bill that just happened to be introduced yeah. immediately right after this. Yeah. I'm sure they all had time to sit down and write all 20,000 pages. No, no, it was been in the works for a while. They, no, they, they drafted it uh, that night. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> along, along with an entire and en- full encyclopedia set yeah, it's a fucking joke, man. I, I mean, it, it's so it's so obvious that this has been, and this is why I keep getting sucked in the conspiracy theory realm. Is that you know you you just view this objectively, and you have to come to some sort of conclusion that like, okay, well, it's kind of like the nine eleven truther thing. It's like, do you think that the government actually caused nine eleven, or do you think that they just saw it as an opportunity to implement a whole bunch of plans that they already had? I've always been in the latter camp. You know, that they didn't actually um, either support, I mean, they certainly created the terrorists, but I don't sure. think that they were actually the terrorists in that regard. Um, but it, it does feel like either either they are responsible for, not necessarily COVID, even though that's possible, but they're definitely responsible for the lockdowns. So then they have this bill that's written. They basically fuck us over for 10 months. They spend six months debating a second stimulus package. Then they offer us pennies. People get pissed. They they think that the election was stolen. Everyone reacts accordingly, which I thought was actually appropriate, which was to say, okay, I believe my democracy has been stolen. I'm going to go fuck with these people. Um, and then they have a 20,000 you know, word bill ready to go. Page bill, not word. <clears throat> Even worse. Excuse me. Page. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 20,000 words would be enough. Right. <laughs> To, to tell to tell us where the, which camps we have to go into yeah um, so yeah I don't even know if I have a question there but just like do you do you think that this was orchestrated or, or are you of the belief that they're just uh, opportunists kind of the channel Lysander Spooner right be it it's almost immaterial 
So whether they planned it or not, they're yeah. taking advantage of it and they're using it to their advantage. So, right. I mean, if people don't understand, I'm sure pretty much everyone who listens to your show knows who Lysander Spooner is. It made the argument yeah, yeah. based on the constitution, you know, whether the constitution permitted this or not, it's unfit to exist because these are the circumstances we are now under. And that's, you know, right. Essentially what you just said now, that's, that's my viewpoint. Yeah. Again, I can't grow a fat beard like uh, Mr. Spooner there, but <laughs> <laughs> to, to steal his argument, make it mine, you know, it almost, I don't want to say it's completely immaterial, but it, it, uh, it, no, we're you're, here. We're here. Yeah, no, you're right. I, and and that was the same point I made with Pete is like, it's not that I think it really matters. It only matters in the sense of, do you want to identify the, the you know, source code, so to speak? Right. And it's like, there is value if we can actually, if, if it is an orchestrated thing, there is value in identifying the 10 or 20 or 100 people that are working in unison to, to really make these things happen. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Pete's, Pete's point was that these big organizations like the WEF are are actually at odds with each other, and I think he's he's certainly right to an extent. Um, well, they're going to fight for who wants to control any sort of collapse, too, right? So even yes. if they're working in unison, you're going to have power struggles within even of a course. single single organization, let alone multiple international, you know, right? Child molestation, <laughs> pedophile, sex trafficking <laughs> rings, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the, the interdimensional child <laughs> sex trafficking vampires black helicopters yeah. uh no i agree man uh, is <laughs> i might have to try that again later to, to do it a little better no, okay yeah we, we can we can we can redo that one uh no i agree i so oh god i don't know man i i just i i'm i'm at a loss you know if if we can't if we can't identify who's actually doing so so you do you think that the the lockdowns were because Pete Pete felt that it was actually led by America in in our overreaction to it. I'm still of the belief, as much as I respect Pete, that the fact that China did it, and I think they did it in January, um, sent the the signal to the rest of the world that hey, this is how you do this. Um, so the fact that we all reacted <clears throat> in lockstep with such a unprecedented methodology, something we've never done before. For a virus that is not the Black Plague, um, it leads me to believe that that it was signaled by China intentionally to get people to do this, and and the fact that China's economy is now kind of you know crushing it compared to the rest of the world, it it's it's very difficult for me to to not believe at least to some extent that this is a conspiracy on China's part to kind of wrap up it's it's kind of it's kind of similar to the afghanistan um you know policy of like they <laughs> you suck in the empire to to kill themselves and and it really does feel that way it feels like like china sucked in our empire to kill ourselves and am i crazy <laughs> well no pete actually I, gosh i can't remember the the guest he had on this was a while back um maybe a year or so ago mm -hmm. had on talking about kind of cultural degeneracy in general china's been promoting this for a long time for for multiple decades in yeah. order to you know weaken the united states uh the russians did this i think he even brought that up in your uh, on, on your on the show with him uh talking about a, a book that was written from looking at universities from 45 to 55 right the 20th century right and seeing the influence that Russians had in promoting all sorts of, you know, wild, just social experiments in a sense. Yeah. Um, so there, I'm sure there is something to play in that. Living in America, it's hard to kind of separate ourselves from our own exposure mm -hmm. to our own government. Yeah. Uh, 
what I have seen, sadly, yeah, I know <laughs> that, that, would, that would be awesome. Yeah. But what I have seen is a, a lot of moralizing to go along with the lockdowns where in China, it was people were treated almost as inputs and outputs. Right. Oh, someone's sick, weld them in their home. Yep. Or, or you're, there's going to be deloused with all sorts of chemicals and whatever else. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, they don't, they don't want it too bad. We're going to rip them out of their home and throw them in some isolation unit. Whereas here, you're talked down upon, oh, you don't want to do this for everybody else. Oh, you want to kill grandma. Right. Right. And, and all sorts of other justifications for it. So I think it's been... I, we clearly didn't follow the Chinese model where we, we didn't weld physically weld people into their homes. We used a lot more psychological mm-hmm. uh, effects and, or a psychological kind of tactic to keep yeah. people scared. But, but it homes. is the outcome that much different, you know? I mean, it, it certainly for those that are more freedom oriented, it hasn't had the desired impact. If, if you believe that's the desired impact, but it has still, it has still essentially welded. I don't know. 50 to a hundred million people in their homes, like yeah. by their own volition. Um, so I don't know, I, you know, I, I agree it is different in that regard, but it's like, and then the, on top of that too, with the, under the guise of the pandemic, they've been able to change the way elections are performed. Yes. Like they had how many people, how many extra millions of people voted this year compared uh, to previous? I think it was been, 20 or something. Yeah. And, and you know, and for years you look at a percentage of the population, the people who vote generally, it's been trending down. Mm-hmm. And now we have this, this huge spike yeah, and a ton of it mail-in balloting. Which, yeah. I mean, you and I were, were fairly plugged into what our government does overseas. Mm-hmm. They promote all sorts of overthrowing of elected governments overseas and, and they're going to kill people. They, they've, they've killed American citizens without any sort of trial or any sort of adjudication. Right. Do we really think it's beneath them to find a, a box of paper ballots? And no. Say, oh, hey, we want this other guy to be. No, of course not. I mean, no. that's nothing. But... Well, that that's, that's been the biggest laugh of 2020 is for people to laugh out of the room anyone who questions the validity of the election i'm like they're like do you think our government would do that i'm like our government literally specializes in it right <laughs> they brag about it and, you know le- leading up to the the 2012 uh election the new york times ran a glowing uh review of obama's drone strike program saying oh he's at the head of it he's at all these meetings <laughs> right. and he gives the personal thumbs up or thumbs down for all of these drone strikes yeah and you know so they really think that these people are murderers. They get, they, you know, I like to say online kind of trying to channel the mimetic magic that Vin and Pete like to talk about. Yeah, yeah. And I like to say we're ruled by literal demons and monsters and they lash out at you when you oppose them. They call you evil. Right. When you start to point this out, like, hey, you're a murderer. This isn't cool. Yeah. And they'll say, you're the one, you're the problem. Yeah. You're the troublemaker. The, the guy without the virus sitting in his house is, or, or going to the beach They're by the himself. super spreader. Yeah. He's, he's the murderer. Right. The people who drop bombs are your savior. I right. mean, right. Hey, you want to kill grandma because you want to go visit yeah. your grandmother. Who's 85 years old living in a nursing home. Who's going to die in a year or two anyway. Right. And it's going to be accelerated because she's going to get depressed and figure, why the hell am I hanging on? You know, we, we all have, you know, especially people our age, we, we have grandparents. A lot of us don't have very many grandparents anymore. You know, right. so we usually four depending on family dynamics, but most of us, by the time you're in your mid to late thirties, you've lost at least one grandparent. Exactly. So, you know, hey, and you see it all the time. If one grandparent goes, another one's going to say, hey, you know what? I have grown children. I I have grandchildren. They're getting older. If I get sick, I don't want to fight it. You know, I don't want to go through all these really terrible chemo treatments. Like, I I lost my life partner. I'm done. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't want it. And that's what happened with my my dad's parents. But they'll they'll call you, kind of go back on point. 
Mm-hmm. You were going to rein in the autism for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> this, this whole episode is going to be autistic, so yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah. I feel sorry for anyone who's going to like browse my feed. Like, <laughs> good Lord. I feel sorry for you. It's, it's, it's bad. I, I disagree, but anyway. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but yeah, so they'll, they'll call you a grandma killer that you want to like live your life and be with your grandma. But then they'll also deny that elective surgeries were canceled. Right. Or, or they'll, they'll give you some nonsense. Oh, it's an elective surgery. That means it's just, you know, it doesn't have to happen. People, even in the medical field, that they would have called you a murderer or a liar for saying that. And they're saying, oh, elective surgery is no big deal. In, in the medical field, it means it's a scheduled surgery. Right. It doesn't mean, oh, it's, I'm going to get a breast reduction or a breast enhancement or some lipo or something. No, no. It just means even if it's a chemo treatment, if it's scheduled, it could be listed as an elected procedure. Right. It's just not an emergency procedure, right. essentially. Right. And, and people had heart transplants and organ transplants. They died waiting because their, their procedures were delayed. Yep. But, you know, you bring that up, you were heartless and cruel. And now with the Newsweek article and a number of other things, they're starting, oh, hey, here we go. We got to start talking about the mental health impacts of the lockdowns. It's like, oh, okay, great. For for 10 months, there was no mental health impacts, but now now there are. Uh, I I agree, man. I I think that's the the most overlooked aspect of all of this is that, you know, regardless of whether or not you want to come off as the altruist that that is so self-sacrificing and you're only concerned about others. um, And even if you're a firm believer that COVID is, as lethal as you know the most outrageous fearmonger has said it still doesn't diminish the fact that people's lives and mental health have been fucking ruined yeah just ruined and how do, and how do you even measure that you can't measure that even in the current moment you have in san francisco four times as many people last year i think this was as of october and november died of overdoses than died of covid right and that in, in the bay area is not an isolated ho dunk no. Super rural area no. in South Dakota. No, right? definitely not. It's a, it's a hub of international trade and travel. Right. And if that if that's the situation in San Francisco... It, oh, it's elsewhere too, for sure. Yeah. I mean, San Francisco has its own special situations that, that add to the, the plight. But of course. Um, yeah, my, my little brother, not so little anymore, he's 30, but uh, he's a paramedic there and he, he interacts with the homeless hordes every single day. And I mean... It's a, it's a catastrophe on so many levels. Uh, I think that the the saddest one to me is that as we talk about think of the think of your grandmother, think of your grandparents, we have abandoned them. You yeah. know, we have and and it's been essentially criminalized to go and hug your grandmother. I mean, I understand if you're if you're in an assisted living facility, you have to be concerned about your neighbors. So I'm not being sure. a fucking idiot about this. And they would say that even with the flu or if there's another you know, exactly. outbreak or something. Yeah, you want to be cautious because they are generally, you know, 70 plus years old. And yeah, they are going to be literally, that's a health condition in and of itself. It if is. you are 85 years old, you could die in your sleep. It's a pre-existing condition already. Right. Exactly. Yeah, but the, the, the sad thing is that, you know, you're so concerned about keeping these people alive, allegedly, based off of all the fucking angry tweets I've received. But at the same time, there there is a, I mean, at that age, it's extraordinarily common for people, like people always talk about, you know, spouses die very quickly after their, their spouse dies. Men oftentimes die right after retirement. Yeah. When you lack purpose, you just sometimes die. Yeah. And, and I think that it's so sad that we have been forced, I mean, I, I, that's all I'm asking for is just the option. I just want to have the option to go hug my grandma. You yeah. know, like it's just not okay. It's not okay, and I want her to have the option too. Like right. more more than me, uh, my grandma, for instance, is a 
you know, diehard fucking Rachel Maddow follower. So she's scared to death. So you, you don't know? want to hug that commie anyway. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's a joke, I, people. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I, I, I separate politics from family um, when it comes to, you know, loving your sweet, sweet grandma. But yes. yeah, her politics fucking As suck. As we all should, by the way. <laughs> yes, we should. Uh, her politics do suck. But the, the sad thing is, is that, you know, she's been so propagandized into believing that, like, she could die just, not, not, could but she will almost certainly die if she gets this even though even for her age range you know survivability is still 95 percent. so yeah. it's <laughs> it's just so sad it's so sad that like i mean for with her i don't have that issue because she doesn't want to hug me she's horrified but i'm saying for the not for, just by the virus but by you personally yes exactly uh but for the for the based old ladies out there that want to hug their grandkids um it's very it's very very sad that people are just being forced not to. And I just feel like that's, that's, I, I know it gets talked about in our little bubble, but I don't hear any talk about that on the news, man. No one ever yeah. talks about it. It's yeah, so, how are they, how are these people going to recover? I mean, you're, you're like literally crippling and, and then, and then you extrapolate to the kids. My oh, God, you're, kids. you're just damaging them. They don't have any under like really until they're the age of eight or nine. They don't even know the difference between right or wrong. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. So then if they're, if you're trying to have them process all of this too, right. You're just, damaging them and we're not even going to know how the extent of that oh for another 15 20 30 years. yeah until they get into adulthood but i mean they they are being programmed to believe that subservience to the state is safety yeah and it's patriotism wearing a mask is patriotism right um not hugging your grandmother is patriotism like right. think about how sick all of these truths are you know, to, to a young, impressionable person who's going to mold themselves in this period and then carry that on through their life. I'm just horrified as to what they'll accept. I mean, if you're, if you're five or six, like, thank God I was born when I was. I got to experience the last bit of, you know, semi-free America. Right. And now... And also as opposed to a fairly totalitarian state in Soviet Russia. Right. You know, I, I'm a couple of years younger than you, but... Still, the cultural impact that we grew up under in the 80s and the early 90s was a vestige of the Cold War, and obviously... Very much so. We could we could do multiple episodes, although we would probably not be as qualified as someone like Scott Horton or no. you know, someone who's a little more foreign policy-oriented and, and could, could go for hours and hours and hours and all the ins and outs of all the different policies. But we had, at least nominally, had a discussion of freedom versus totalitarianism. Yes. Right? And if you even have that as a, as a vestige of respectability in your society... It, it, it almost seems like it's gone now. Like we, kids growing up now don't have, like you're saying, especially in this situation, they don't have that same understanding or expectation that, Hey, America's free. We're, we're the freedom right. of fighters. We're the city on the shining city on the Hill. Well, if anything, they're told that we're the most evil country. Right. You know, like, and I'm not, I'm and, not, and not even, for, it's almost like a Trump derangement syndrome, right? Yes. Like, yeah. Trump sucks. But not for the reasons that he's getting pilloried for. Like, exactly. oh, he's mean and he's You're uncouth right. or something. Right. Like, like America well, does suck, but not for right. Not for our freedom. Like, like in his <laughs> first month in office, he actually gave the okay for a raid that killed Abdul Ra. Uh, oh gosh, what's his name? The uh, Al Alaki, the 16-year-old yes. child who was killed in the drone strike. Right. His younger sister, who was eight years old was killed in the first months of the Trump administration. Yeah, I, I remember. And, and no so, one and no one talks about yeah, that. Yeah. And we, we have upwards of 20 million people in Yemen potentially going to starve to death at any time. Mm -hmm. They're dying of cholera in the hundreds of thousands potentially. Uh, a disease that Gatorade could fix. Right. You know? Right. And, and so just some basic plumbing and some Gatorade and they'd be okay. And we're just you know, the stooges and goons running our government. 
sitting there, hey, we're going to paint the targets and we're going to give them all this intel and we're going to supply them with the bombs and we're going to refuel their planes. Yep. That's evil. It's horrible. It's horrible. Uh, I mean, it's it's unbelievably evil. But uh, when I when I talk about the kids being raised to believe that America's evil, they're not raised... They don't hear that. They're not raised to believe that. They're raised to believe that it's because of... They're raised to believe in Racism. That. Well, they are, they're raised to believe in that, which is an important point. But they're also raised to believe that the the founda- foundational principles of this nation are one of subjugation of of minorities and i understand the historical precedent to make that assessment sure obviously but to to believe that that is the only lesson to take from our founding is such a catastrophic mistake when you're when you're essentially programming a child because that's what we do we program kids and we've all gone through it um but if that programming doesn't state explicitly how special and unique the American experience was, I think it's a huge mistake. And, right. and we are paying the price for having stopped doing so, in yeah. my opinion. And, then, and that's kind of the double-edged sword of everyone being connected the way we are now. It's a little easier for social viruses to take hold. Because right? before, it had to be channeled through official, you know, the cathedral, right? That's a very common phrase in, in our neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. It had to be filtered through that, so people had to go through school, and they had to go through universities, and they had to go through all that. Well, now... They don't have to just watch official media. Now they can interact with it even more viscerally, even more personally. They can just log in and boom, they're going to get this straight into their phones. Right. And and then they also get the the social reaffirmations or confirmations of behavior where it's yeah. like, if like, you... Hey, we're seeing cops killing people everywhere or we're seeing crime way up, you know. And if you look at all the numbers, it's been, generally speaking, for the last 25, 30 years, crime's fallen pretty mm-hmm. significantly. Yeah, it's really never been safer and cop killings aren't skyrocketing either right. yeah, it's contrary it's very, to popular belief right it's very you would think that hey someone's getting lit up every other day yeah just because they're walking around on the street right and, and when you're talking about a nation of 330 million people or however many people actually live here probably 350 yeah, 350 people total, not even million, right? No, 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 no. Yeah. Three, 350 million. But we're, we're going full hollow earth here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually don't know anything about it. I just wanted to throw it out there. I only know 350 people, so I'm pretty sure that's all that exists. So. Yeah, everything else, it's all a hologram. It's all fake. <laughs> but yeah, so you'll, you'll see that. And racism is not worse now than it's ever been. No. We, we just see it. We have the ability to see it. Yes. That's what it is. Yeah. And, and, it's, and, and it's not to... It's not to understate the issue with police violence because it's a very it's a very meaningful issue but when you overstate it to the point that it becomes oh this is about white supremacy it's like oh well now you've totally fucking created a bigger problem than you were trying to even fix and you've shifted the burden from police brutality to their whiteness or to someone else it's someone some other group's problem rather than you know, maybe it's not the, a great the, idea to have an unaccountable force that handles all of our security and handles our law enforcement. And then, by the way, if something happens and you want to adjudicate it, you get to go to their bosses. Right. It's like, how, how many people we just had with the, the Young Americans for Liberty, the YAL, we just had this whole situation where people had to, they were told to go through the official channels for HR for right. sexual harassment. Well, how did that turn out for them? Well, be that as it may, people want to talk about different social dynamics and right versus left libertarianism, but it didn't work out very well for the women who had these issues. I know. And it's tragic. It really is. And, it, and then we're going to sit here and do this with the, the monopoly on law. Right. That, that That's even worse. Yeah. Not to diminish people who had, you know, whatever the, their issues were with YAL. Oh, oh, oh right, right, right. But we're talking about societal society or an entire society. 
mm-hmm. rather than one organization. No, for sure. And I mean, that's the that's the problem, and that's what Pete's you know documentary is. It's a monopoly on violence. Like, if we if we don't have the right to defend ourselves from corrupt cops, we have no right to defend ourselves. Right. I mean, that's the truth. And and it's not that I want to go out there and kill cops. I very much don't. But at the same time, if a cop is bedpost alert. Yeah, exactly. But if a if a cop is keeping me in my fucking house for ten months, I want to have the right to defend myself, right. and and that's just the truth. Like I, whether that's that makes me a seditious or whatever the fuck term they want to use on Which me. We're all seditious, almost by definition, right? If we're libertarian, we want to change the radically change. Even even your your milk toast libertarians want to radically change the structure of government. So we'll, well, we'll roast not, someone. Not Nick Sarwak, but yes. Yeah. We'll, well, even him, right? We'll we'll roast him from our perspective. Say this clown wants to sit here and just kind of sort of nibble around the edges and be invited. But if you take his actual statements on paper, yeah, he wants to radically change what government does mm-hmm. to the average person. Right. And then so if the average person sees that and we're calling him a you know a pansy and we're calling him a you know, loser and a sellout and a wuss. Yeah. Good Lord. And be, a spook. Yeah, they'd be, yeah, yeah, that too. They'd be, <laughs> they'd be horrified if they ever heard any of our beliefs. Of course. Yeah, no, I mean, Nick is, is you know, red-pilled as fuck compared to the average American, but he's still blue-pilled as fuck compared to us. So, yeah. uh, I mean, that, that's that been my, my rallying cry as of late. So you're saying he needed more, vac- more vaccines and more autism. <laughs> exactly, yeah. dude. He, he, skipped the, uh, he skipped the first COVID dose, dude. Big mistake. <laughs> uh, are you going to get vaccinated? Uh, not ideally. No, I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm third. I just turned 36. Yeah. I'm not. You're healthy. Why, yeah. why would you do it? Right. I, I have the same mentality, man. I, I mean, the, the other thing about it is that, you know, they say that you're not even, you can still be a carrier if you get it. Right. And I'm like, what like, the fuck, like, what like the Kevin, fuck are we Kevin doing? Durant. Cause you know, I'm a huge basketball nerd. People right. who browse my Twitter feed will probably see me getting in arguments with a bunch of also fellow <laughs> basketball idiots. Yeah. Kevin Durant had COVID last year in like June or July or something of last year of 2020. And then he sat out for a week, well, a couple of weeks ago because he had exposure to, you know, COVID. Right. So we have people who are trying to mold society and change everyone's behavior who don't even know if you can get reinfected mm-hmm. from a virus. I know. And, 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 and obviously we're talking about basketball. That's not a, you know, a quote need end quote. Right. Oh, it is for me, but yeah. Yeah. Well, well, me too. I I, I was, uh, I had some difficulty when, when everything locked down, I would check my phone. like, Oh cool. I want to check who's playing tonight. Ah, Bro. That was the hardest part of lockdown for me was, and, and if you noticed, and I made this point on Twitter, um, the riots, the riots during the, the full sport lockdown in July and August were at the peak when there was no, you know, bread and circuses to keep people entertained people really fucking lost their shit. Like right. as soon as basketball came back and they started having the playoffs, those rights, those rights calmed down quite a bit. So, yeah, cause you'll get some people who have nothing better to do or they have no outlet, right? They don't have anything to do. I'm like, well, yeah. I'm going to get some social interaction this way. Well, especially during that period who had anything else to do right. practically. It was the first three months of lockdown were fucking vicious. So, uh, I don't blame people. I mean, I, I felt the same way. As soon as sports came back, I was like, you could even, if you go through my feed, I probably, chill the fuck out a little bit because it's like right. I have something to distract me from this unbelievable tyranny that's experience, that we're experiencing. In a way, I hope they had never, I wish they had never come back. Mm-hmm. I wish that people had been forced to, you know, in, in, in a weird way. Kind Turned of to the, sound like a commie, bro. You want to cancel sports? You want to... <laughs> no, no, no. You, you understand where <laughs> I'm going with this. But, I do. Uh, you know, Aaron from TLE, uh, he definitely inspired me in that regard. It's like, you, if you can get people to suffer as much as they ought to be, it, it, we might actually get positive change as opposed to 
this nonsense where you get, you know, a 2000 a month MMT or some fucking bullshit, which will, in my opinion, will be the most catastrophic thing imaginable, not for the economic ramifications, but for the social ones where, right. where people stop fighting, where right. people just go, well, I can pay my rent, so I'm not going to fight back anymore. And I mean, you're a fool if you don't see that as their obvious play. They want, right. they want to. They want you placated. They want you pacified. Exactly. I mean, they're, they're shrieking in terror. You have AOC crying about. Nearly half of the house was nearly well. I'm, that's a pretty terrible AOC impression, right? Her voice is a little <laughs> more shrill than that. But you know, she's she's going on national television on the Sunday morning news, uh, you know, big major circuit, media yeah. circuit, saying that oh hey, you know, nearly half of the house was was almost killed. It's like what? They took a bunch of selfies and some dude stole a lectern and was waving at the, the camera. And I, I guess someone urinated in one of the hallways or something. Someone wiped shit on the wall and I want to fucking commend shake, that guy. Yeah, shake their hand after they wash it, maybe. <laughs> you know, right? Um, Fuck it, dude. I'm, eh. I'm not worried about germs. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're full COVID deniers. We want. <laughs> I'm not a denier. I just want to like, I just want to build my immune system. You know, some old school... Uh, OG, like, I can survive this shit because I'm a fucking bad motherfucker. The old, the old saying, right? God made dirt, it don't hurt. Exactly. So, rub, there we go. Rub that shit on my face, homeboy. Huh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, to your, to your point, though, yeah, they, I, I didn't see any meaningful threat to these people. Like, right. If, they, if I had seen guys in there, we saw real you know dangerous armed people like at the michigan courthouse and at some other places right in in, in minneapolis they took over a police precinct they took a, that was amazing yeah that was awesome <laughs> they, they I was actually... like, dude am i am i blm now like <laughs> I, I don't know man I'm, I, I i didn't like it in the beginning i know they're saying they're trained marxists but yeah. i don't well, know bro they're taking over police stations i'm almost in that was based as fuck i i love that but um yeah i i totally agree i mean the the well you were going somewhere with that so what was your point about aoc uh, that you know they shriek in horror when when everything is turned against them, even even in a nominal or you know just kind of a surface level demonstration, and they freak out. They they and they call it you know temple of democracy, and they 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 start summoning all of these religious allegories. My and, God, has the cathedral ever been more brazen to ugh. to descri- to describe it as uh, what they describe? I, I mean every every religious moniker under the sun you could fucking you could hear over the past week. Oh yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Menace for <laughs> popularizing the cathedral. Oh yes. Yes, indeed. Moldbug was a bad motherfucker. Uh, well, Ma- Mal- malice, but you know, it was oh, okay. <laughs> Alex was calling him Dr. Menace. Oh, oh Dr. Menace. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think it was Moldbug that, uh, that created it, but it was yes, certainly yes. Ma- malice popularized the hell out of it. And, yeah. and God bless him for doing so. It, it really, and what's funny is I have a that feeling, glorious little troll. I know. I have a feeling that, um, six months, a year, two years from now, the cathedral believers will be viewed as Q believers. I, I think that probably c- because it's such a, I mean, in, in a way it's a, I mean, not in a way it is a literal conspiracy theory. We yeah. are, we are believing that they are operating in unison for a single agenda. Right. Every basically they are all, all, of, all of libertarianism <laughs> is a conspiracy theory, more or less. Right. We, we view people who are trying to organize society based on, whatever values, whether it's intentional or whether they're taking advantage of these different situations that arise, power structures are using it to their advantage. Oh, for sure. That's almost every liberty. Even Nick Sarwark is, you know, again, we can pummel him until we're all blue in the face and... Or hopefully until our knuckles are broken. Yeah, until they're ground <laughs> into dust and nothing. That'd be a shame, right? We couldn't work out anymore. I'd, I'd cry. That's the only reason I don't do it. Yeah. I'm just kidding, Nick. I'm just kidding. 
We love you comparatively. Yes. Wink. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. We're not even going to finish this episode. Your door is going to get kicked in. We're getting dragged out of here. <laughs> if, if that episode with Pete doesn't get me pulled, I, I think I think we'll be all right. It's going for the twofer. Yeah. Why not? Are, are you paranoid about, about them coming after us? Because I'm starting to feel... I, I, I'll just be honest with people. Um, as my show has grown in popularity, I have more and more people that are reaching out in different means, um, trying to get me on different platforms to talk, you know, one-on-one, asking for phone calls, things of that nature. I'm having, I'm having a lot of glowy feelings, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've had a few people following. I'm just some dude, right? I don't have any. I'm not. I'm not a prominent person in the movement of, by any means. But mm-hmm. I'm getting some people who have zero followers following me. Hey, do you follow back? And they're saying Vietnam vet or whatever else. Right. Well, could be a boomer. But it could also just someone glow posting, right? It could just be someone trying to infiltrate their way in. Yeah. It's like, hey, if you're, if, no one's come to me saying, hey, have you heard anything about January 20th or some other right. silliness? But, well, and that, that's the funny thing is like, I mean, I am a radical, but in my view, I mean, certainly to the state's perspective, I'm dangerous. But in, to, the, to the perspective of my fellow man in this country, I think I'm extremely peaceful and not a right. danger to anybody at all. Right. And that's so, why you're dangerous. You know, I know, but that's... It's just so sad. It's just so sad to think that that you know they could actually come after someone like me, who's literally just calling it how I see it, not calling for violence, and and yet these ideas themselves are so dangerous. I mean, I, I just started uh, listening. I, I've read it before, but I started listening to 1984 again, and my God, dude, it, it's yeah. the vibe is real as fuck. Like I'm listening to it, and I'm like, I'm like, wait, this is fiction, you know, like. It really does feel that way. And I know that people keep saying, oh, no, Animal Farms where we're at, or, or uh, Brave New World, rather. Um, but the, it, new, the it's, new it's speak... A, it's a story, right? It's allegorical. It's not obviously... Well, I mean, I, I can't say completely with 100% certainty that it wasn't on the inside of some sort of something, right? Yeah. It's talking conspiratorially, but right. he was writing a dystopian novel about what could happen if totalitarianism takes hold based on the experiences he had in Spain mm-hmm. and in going through world world war two. So we're, we're seeing a lot of parallels with that and it's not fun. No, obviously they don't, they don't assign this to you to read, say, Hey, guess what? When you're older, this is going to be your reality. It's going to be awesome. Isn't it? No, they even, even when they assign you this in school, they're telling you, Hey, this, this sucks, man. Look at this. This is terrible. Why would you want to live in this society? But then, but then they're ushering it in with the people that are taught in public school. Exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. What the fuck? I know it would be hilarious if it weren't terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's the any given day I wake up and I'm like I'm either I'm either finding the humor in all of this or you I'm fi- have to. or I'm finding the despair right. you know and it's you know today I'm choosing- doing a full Joker smile laugh right and just finding humor <laughs> right. in the despair right so. right right yeah so it can go it can go both ways so that I I think that's the, been the the thing I've tried to get across to my audience is that like it's okay to get down but it's also more important to get back up and, and right. to find happiness even in the darkness because it's like there is there is plenty of reason to give up hope right now. Of course. Um, but I think that is all the more reason that it is incumbent upon us not to. You know, yeah. like the few people that actually see what's going on, the few people that value freedom uh, or liberty or whatever phrase you want to use. I'm not going to be fucking autistic about this. Um, you know, well, I probably will. <laughs> we need we need people that see these things and have these values 
to be willing to fight for it. And I don't mean literally, but I do also mean that. Right. Um, you know, you, you have to be Last willing. Last resort, you know, in the words of all the neocons, hey, we don't really want to go to war all the time. We don't want to blow these countries up. Yeah. However, you know. That, yeah, exactly. They really, they really do wink. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I, just, I just hope that people are able to, because I know particularly that episode with Pete was so dark, man. Um, but it's, it's important to look the truth in the face, but it's also important to, to maintain inspiration through it. How, how, do, you, how do you do that? Uh, kind of to tie it back into your earlier question that I expertly ignored and <laughs> talked about what I wanted to. <laughs> uh, my, my own personal state, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm paranoid with the, the state of the way everything is, but my own, I have a very unique circumstance that you know about and you've reached out to me on a personal level and that's how we connected in, in, in large sense that, you know, after losing my wife to cancer a couple of years ago, I've been in a state kind of of constant worry or constant just upheaval. Yep. You know, my mom was also a drug addict at that time. She died five months after my wife died of cancer. Um, my wife was diagnosed a month after we got married. So we, we get married, hey, we're going to buy our house and we're going to start our whole life together and start, you know, trying to have kids and all this other stuff. And then, yep. you know, and so I'm living in a hospital with her. How, how old was she? She was 31 when she was diagnosed and she was 32 when she passed. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, uh, not ideal no. by uh, any, any stretch of the imagination. So to see so many people around the world put into a similar state of limbo that I've been experiencing mm-hmm. is, and it's not in my own sense, I'm not paranoid, but it's like, wow, so many people are being put in my shoes. That's awful. They, they didn't, you know, I didn't choose to have, you know, a drug addict mother or a, a wife die of cancer, but, to have millions of people have this imposed upon them and have their hopes and dreams shattered and the rest of their lives potentially ripped away right. f- through no fault of their own. That, that's, it's very similar. That, yeah, that's horrible. And, yeah. and the effects of this are going to be going on for a very long time. Yeah. And it's not going to be... Well, it took you years. So, yeah, and, and, and I'm and still going through so. it. Yeah, yeah, I'm still going through it. Yeah. You know? And you know, thankfully, you, I've had a number of people who have reached out through Twitter, a, a very large number of the people who have connected with me through Twitter because I've did some sad boy posting, you know, and people like, I'm, hey, I'm glad you did, man. Yeah. I, th- I think Poco Harambe reached out yes. to you and yes. yeah, I love uh, that guy. Yeah. I think it's, it's really important. Confirmed misser. And if, I don't want to, you know, throw all of their, I, I, I know a couple of their actual names. Oh yeah. But yeah. I'll, I'll put we, their we Twitter, Twitter handles out, but yeah, we won't do that. To, right. No, I, I think it's important. Um, you know, that, that's that's why I did my episode on my my mental health demons because it's like I just I just think it's really important that you know it I didn't I didn't do that episode as a woe is me thing I did it as a as a you know a normalization of of whatever the fuck we're all going through because this year my God have we gone through it yeah. and and for you your your year of hell came a couple years prior um, or was it only a year prior uh, yeah my wife passed in May of 2019 but yeah I mean obviously you can say she was diagnosed in September of 2018 so living. Right. You know, in La Jolla, UCSD was there was not. So you've had, my God, you've had a rough three years, brother. Yeah. And before that, even my mom, I found out my mom had been using hard drugs for almost my whole life. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God, like everything just kind of. So you've had, <laughs> yeah, you've had uh, a marathon four years. Yeah. So, so anyways, let's get back to what, what is it that has kept you inspired to, to keep going? Because obviously you've kept going and, and God bless you for doing that. A lot of it is the contacts I've made, including you. I don't just want to, you know fluff your balls here while we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're chatting and hanging out. 
Sure. But you made it a point to reach out to me personally and give phone calls. Boko Harambe did. Yeah. Confirmed messages checked through, uh, checked in with me a lot on DMs. That's awesome. Uh, a number of other people have as well. Michael Malice himself. He was talking about different candles. You know, he has a number of obsessions he likes to have. Yes, he, likes he does. To collect a, a number of different things. That's why we all, partially why we all love him. Yeah. And I, I made a mention, hey, you know, lost my wife and she loved candles. And he reached out to me. That's awesome. And a couple of his dearest friends got married. And so he requested I send him a candle of my wife's to remember her by not only for himself to keep in his own house for him as a remembrance of, of my wife, but also to give to his friends. That's awesome. And so we have this person who likes to just throw figurative nukes yeah. at all these just evil people. Right. Right. Part of the interdimensional child molesting <laughs> sex trafficking of vampires. There we you go. Know. You nailed it. Yeah. A little better. <laughs> and at the same time, he's reaching out to people on a very personal level and, and bringing literal healing. Yep giving people white pills. He's a white and red pill dispenser. Yeah, you know? he is. Right. And you know, I chatted about this right before we started recording, but I was in the shower. I was like, you know, first cross and a lot of other medical organizations use red and white mm-hmm. for their medicinal kind of signatories or signs and kind of color representation. Mm-hmm. So if you want mental and emotional health, you need to take a red and a white pill. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause mm-hmm. otherwise what's a blue and a black pill. If someone's walking around, they're black and blue. That that the expression is they're all beat up, right? And they're yeah. all they're suffering and they're well, damaged. And they are. We need some healing, man. We we need a lot of white pills. We need a lot of red pills dispensed. Yeah, that's a great point. I I want to take full responsibility for first. I want to call it the first aid kit. Right? Yeah, there you so, go. So if, if, that ever, if that ever takes off, which it probably won't, but if it does, it might, dude. I want full credit from everybody, and if not, I will personally hunt you down. <laughs> He's a big dude. Don't fuck with him. Uh, yeah, you're going to be the mold bug of the cathedral with the red and white. Yeah, I, yeah. I love it. I, I think that's a really great point. If we thought point. mold bug was autistic, good Lord, wait till people get a hold of me. <laughs> you don't laugh as hard at your at your own jokes as he does. So, Well, not, not right now. <laughs> when I'm posting on Twitter, believe me, I'm cackling and they're all stupid jokes and I'm just making myself laugh. It's, it's well, well, I think that you've... you've um, you've gone out of your way to be selfless in, in when I've asked this question, but... Um, when I'm asking you what's what's kept you inspired, what's what's gotten you through this, and you said that it's been you know people like myself and a few other people online, I I think you're not giving yourself enough credit. There there's a a resolve in you that is uh, very special given what you've gone through. So I want to commend you for that. Um, I I think that I also want to shout out because I do have a girlfriend now that yes. I just completely left her out. I know she's a woman. We don't really care about their opinions <laughs> in any way, right? No, but she's been amazing too. And yeah, she's been. She's been holding holding me up. Do you want to give her a shout out by name or no? Uh, yeah, her name's Roxy. Roxanne. Okay. She yeah. does follow me. She's she's commented on a couple of my my tweets. Since I'm so. sure she'll listen, she'll appreciate that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think that you know it, it takes a, a level of resolve. I mean, it t- it took a level of resolve for a normal person to get through 2020. So for you to have gone through the past three years that you've gone through, um, I think is very special. I think that the fact that I know you're still getting through it, so I'm not. I'm not saying you're a finished product, but uh, I think that there, there is. By the way, let that be an instruction manual for everybody else. Like these effects are going to be long lasting. It's not going to be, you know, everyone who's lost uh, a loved one or a relative and they couldn't go see them. They couldn't hold their hand. I got to see my wife. I lived with her in the hospital. I took time off from work and I lived in UCSD. Can you imagine if you couldn't have gone to the hospital because it was Uh, during COVID? Well, I mean, if I did, I think we might get rated yeah but yeah i i don't think she would have been the only one leaving the hospital in my body back yeah let's put it that way yeah i i totally get it man i i don't know how people um allowed that to happen uh you know i i understand it's like yeah you're you want your your relative to get treatment but it's like 
I just, I don't, I don't think I could have done it. You know, if I, especially if I was married, my God, like, and, and, I'll, and, and it's weird because, you know, I'm kind of going off on tangents, but, uh, that's what we do. Yeah. You know, all of us libertarians slash autists. Yeah. It makes for good combos. So don't worry about it <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> but I'll have, I'll have moments myself thinking about, Hey, what, what didn't I do well enough for her? You know, and, and she was my rock. She was my stability part of, you know, and I wasn't, you know, I, I'm joking about being autistic. I am. I was diagnosed last year, but I didn't know it until I was 35. Right. So I'd go through my whole life and just kind of thinking things are a certain way and not didn't have the wherewithal to understand, Hey, you know, my brain's just a little, a little different yeah, or a lot different. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm going to kind of just perceive things maybe a different way than someone else would, or I'll have a conversation with somebody and I would take away a very different interpretation of what happened. Uh, and so for her, that was really my first sense of stability in my life, right? Mm. It kind of grew up. Like I said, my mom was a drug addict. I didn't know this until I was 34. That's so or wild. 33, I guess, but it's all kind of turning into a blur. But yeah. I always just growing up thinking, oh, hey, my mom's just a little weird, a little quirky. You know, it's just my mom. And it turns out, well, yeah, yes, but. But there was a reason maybe. There was something else too, right? She, yeah. was, she was a little goofy and that's just her personality. But there was something a little more sinister that was also. Does autism have a genetic component? It does. And that actually makes me wonder because my mother, you know, and, and I was calling a lot of clinics trying to get her into rehab, trying yeah. to get her help. And obviously I had to kind of tell, give a background information, right? Give them all the information about my, my life, my experiences with my mother growing up, right. you know, how she is now compared to then. And a lot of them would talk about borderline personality disorder. Mm-hmm. And since I was diagnosed with ASD, I started doing a lot of reading and connected with some other people on Twitter, especially women who, before they were diagnosed with autism, they were diagnosed borderline personality. So a lot of expressions in women kind of come out very similar to BPD. Something, man, you know, what if my mom for a whole life was just trying to square something that wasn't quite there yeah. and she just couldn't deal with it anymore. Or she just had problems and it just kind of warped her personality. And then yeah. she started doing drugs and that's obviously going to warp your personality. If you start doing that, that's exactly why I asked. Cause it's like my, my dad's an odd guy. You know, he's, he's very, well, he's a libertarian. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, no, seriously. That's going to be run into the ground. People are going to be so sick of hearing it by this point. And we, and we still have however many minutes left. You know? But it's true, though. I mean, it, there is Record some... Record low viewership and, and listenership to this episode. <laughs> there is something to That's be... That's my legacy. <laughs> there is something to be said for um, the... I am a gorilla. The, the unique... To your podcast. The, the unique uh, mental makeup that, that we often see in the libertarian or ANCAP arena. It's like... I don't. I, I personally don't think I'm autistic, but certainly the way I think is, you know, the older I get, the more unique I realize it is. You know, like not to say that I'm like one of a kind. I'm just saying I'm not normal. Uh, I definitely, I definitely view things in a different way from my peer group. Um, but my dad and I see things, you know, very similarly. And then my my little brother, who's um, he's only half brother, but he's from my dad. Uh, he's got his own stuff that he's going through. He's also a behemoth. He's like going to be a professional bodybuilder, I think. Nice. Um, so he's, he's, he's channeling and funneling that same angst. And yeah, we, same... we won't allow him to stand next to me in any capacity. Cause yeah. my, my self-esteem is going to take a massive hit. Dude, he is so big for 19. He only, I mean, he only weighs like 180 pounds or 175. How tall is he? Uh, six foot. Six foot. Well, yeah. yeah. He's young. And if he has a good frame, if he's got wide shoulders, oh, he's, lean, he's got musculature. Yeah. He can build on that easy. Yeah. He's like, He's as strong as me, but I weigh two ten. 
Yeah. So and and you're significantly older, so you got the old man strength component, right? You've been working exactly. out for most, you know, maybe yeah. not consecutively for 20 plus years, but you've been working out at least in part. Yeah. No. For 15, I've been pretty pretty steady. So yeah, I mean, at, at 19 years old, he's as strong as me. Only, you know, I outweigh him by 40 pounds. He's right. He's a specimen. He's got like no fat on him at all. Uh, I don't know where he's going with it. But my point in bringing this all up is just to say that like he is funneling and I, and I, that's why I do this show is to encourage others out there that are listening that, you know, you can take this angst, you can take this, this unique um, brain makeup and you can either let it cripple you or you can let it mold you into something very special. So um, I think that that's what he's doing. He's finding his own lane for that. And his own lane is having uh, a pathological uh, mission to, mold his body you know and i and i think that you have that to a certain extent too because you've you've you know gone through crazy body reformation over the past decade or so yeah i weighed 315 pounds when i was 20 years old you know i'm six four i'm a pretty you're a big dude dude, yeah jesus but but even then 315 pounds i i wasn't you know 10 percent body fat (laughs) right i i you know definitely not what are you two 210 now? Or yeah, two? about, yeah, about 210. Okay. So I, I want to get back down to the 195, 200 range. I want to get my my uh, roots back yeah, like yeah, in, yeah. in the groin area. I want to get the veins <laughs> popping again. You know. As Malice calls them, cum gutters. Yes. Well, even even beyond the cum gutters, right? those come in, those are pretty pretty much are even there now. But oh, okay. I, I want to get the veins running up. I want to freak people out. You know? I want to scare them. I've seen the I've seen the photo that you put online. Yeah. That that is, uh, I'll, dude, if you send me that, I'll make that the, the cover art for the yes. episode. Yes. <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that that's a, do you think, do you think that like there, I mean, there has to be a reason that so many autistic people end up in the libertarian realm. Is, sure. is it, is it about our brain makeup that makes oh, us view things this way? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, and obviously, like I said, I just found this out a year ago about myself. Should have been totally obvious, right? People who knew me and even Roxy in the way she describes interactions with me, she'll see it in real time knowing that, you know, I just told her up front. She's like, Oh Yeah. Well, wow. it's, it's such a big spectrum though. Like, I, sure. Like I mean, I'm communicating, right? I'm able to speak and, yeah, well. and, and I've able to more or less hide it, you know, for a very long time. Even now I, I still have some difficulty with eye contact and, mm. and some other stuff, but it's more the way I think internally, right? I, I kind of, everything I'm, I'm, I'm fairly oblivious to how other people are perceiving things Okay. or I always want to turn the conversation in my direction. Mm. So in a sense, if someone didn't know this about me, they go, oh, he's, maybe he's a little self-centered or he's. Right. Man, he has these interests and he's really into this stuff. Right. You know, kind of kind of the stereotypical, the big markers. Yeah, I check those. Yeah. Um, well, see, I don't even know what the stereotypical markers are, honestly. So, um, you know, maybe I have it. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I've, I, I don't know. That's an interesting point. I, 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 my, my dad is... I'm not an expert either, by the way. So I don't, I don't want to sit here and... and yeah. I mean, people want to reach out to me. Yeah, people yeah. have. People yeah. have, you know, because I've discussed it openly and part of my, you know, like I said, I called it sad boy posting. Right. Uh, about my wife. And, and then I learned, you know, in March of last year, after I've been grieving all of this, oh, hey, by the way, I also have this other little component that's been modulating all of my behavior my whole life. And I was just kind of, it was almost my, my silent partner, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if someone has some sort of, you know, firm or business partner, no one knows about it, they're going to be influencing you. But if the public, the broader public doesn't know about it, they're not going to know that say like if you have your firm and you're lending out all these loans and all this, someone might be influencing your decisions. Mm-hmm. But if, if they're a silent partner, they're not going to know that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we're back. Took a little, little, uh, piss break. Yes. Got to <laughs> lean out. Right. We want to get the water out of our system look nice and lean for so when that, no one sees this. So we could be shredded on the, on the video. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we actually, during the break, we were talking a little bit about whether or not having, 
more liberty-minded, you know, ANCAP libertarian people get involved in government or, or even law enforcement would make sense. I, my, my concern would be, I mean, I think there would obviously be value in it. I think my concern would be, I don't think I could sacrifice my principles to, right. to even be tasked with arresting someone for nonviolent right. crimes. Like, that, w- that would cause you literal anguish. Oh, right? I would, you, you would be conflicted. You would be hurting. You would be, you're, you would be emotionally stressed. You would be distressed. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, but the thing is, I, I know I couldn't do it. So I, it feels as if I would be fired immediately. Like, yeah. do cops do cops get fired if they do, if they don't enforce that? Shit? I, you would you would think on on some degree, yes. But we're also seeing too. Even you know we we're talking about some of the the, the riots and some of the stuff that was going on earlier, and you know different uh, police brutality. You see in a lot of these cases, cops aren't even charged with anything, right? Like well, we just we just they're, saw the... they're they're not charged when they actually do their job of killing. You know, right. <laughs> harmless people. I'm right. saying, I'm saying, do cops get fired when they refuse to do that? Right. You would think they would, right? Because obviously, if they don't bring in any revenue, right, they don't arrest anybody. Their superiors are going to be looking at them, and they're going to be looking at their job metrics. And they're going to say, "Bro, what are you doing? What are we paying you for?" Right. What well, we... I'd be like, "Well, I arrested that rapist." Right. You know, like, yeah. Is that does that not count for anything? <laughs> right. And there are, and you know, t- taking the taking the Walter Block argument, right, of the the Nazi prison guard. Yeah, you want the guy who's only going to kill six people, say, versus the guy who's going to kill 10 people or 15. Obviously, you're talking about pretty horrible scenarios either way. Right. But you're going to want the guy who's going to be a little more compassionate compared to the just the guy who doesn't give a shit. No, or is, really... is so compromised and is so terrified that, oh, my God, my family's going to be dead that I'm just going to kill whoever. I'm just going to do whatever they say so that I can feed my family right. and live my life and, and try to, you know, well, yeah, some I, semblance of normalcy. I think that's that's why I think there would be value in it. I don't think that anyone would have, you know, who's a true died in the wool ANCAP could possibly bring themselves to do it. But right. for those that are out there that are military vets, uh, you know, it's such a natural path for them to go into law enforcement anyways. Yeah. Um, I would much prefer to see the guys who have been in Iraq or Afghanistan who have come back, you know, at least who have our perspective. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying those guys that otherwise have, you're sending out some potentially very mentally damaged people. Believe who are me, just I, gonna, yeah. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the guys who come back, like the biting the bullet guys that come back and they're like, or Boko, Boko Harambe. Shout go. him out again. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be so irritated that I'm just constantly shouting him out. <laughs> He'll appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, the guys that come back and and you know they found Ron Paul or they whatever, and they come back and they're extremely anti-war. Um, they realize that you know our military and our police are not actually upholding their oath of defending the constitution or the people for that matter right, because in both 2008 and the 2012 uh, presidential cycles ron paul out raised every other candidate combined combined even yeah. obama yeah of course of military and yeah. former and current military personnel and there's a reason why a lot of them even though yeah maybe not 100 percent of them are going to see it for what it is from our perspective no a lot of them will and enough of them will that they're going to they've seen evil up close and personal right and they're like, no, I don't want that. You know, I've seen I've seen people who are killing themselves daily, or they fall into drug habits. They just their lives get wrecked. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's and, and a big a big chunk of that is the fact that they come back having committed atrocities or or seen atrocities, um, and then they they have no mechanism to rebuild their their moral character. So right. it's like there would be kind of a redemption arc potentially for guys that come back from overseas committing atrocities or witnessing them and feeling a particip- feeling to have been a participant in it and then coming back and being like, okay, I'm going to, you know, if you're not willing to join a militia, at least, you know, 
join the police force and then don't enforce fucking victimless crimes. Like that would be, it's just an idea that I had bouncing around in my head. I, I don't think it would happen in mass, but if we can get a few, it'd be nice. Yeah. I mean, they, they see that. And then if they see some of the things that they were subjected to overseas, whether they engaged in it themselves right. or saw other people doing it, or just saw the broader military industrial complex engaging in this thing. Oh my God. Now they're doing this to my, my uncle, my mom, my brothers, like, Whoa, like it's, it's, it's horrible enough to be doing this overseas. <clears throat> But then you treat people, you send them into the meat grinder overseas, and you send them back and put them through the VA system. Right. It's dear God. I mean, these, this is the, the you know the, the venerated class of society. <laughs> we we praise all politicians that go all over television and say, "Oh, you, you're going to vote down this defense bill? Well, you hate the troops." And exactly. All the, and if we want to nationalize healthcare, we we treat our most venerated class of, of citizens like this. Right. And now we're going to treat 330 million people somehow better. I, I think that's that's actually I'm going to spin this into a white pill. Uh, the fact that so many vets come back and they vote for a guy like, or they send money and they vote for a guy like Ron Paul. Right. Um, and then they, you know, they, they have, they have all of this emotional turmoil that they're experiencing given their experiences. And then they also, they also come back and then they have VA treatment that lets them down. I mean, right. it's, it's almost like a, it's like a, a speed lane towards, Liberty, you know, yeah. like for them yeah. to, to witness every aspect of what our empire does wrong and the worst parts of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and they They're not even, Oh, Hey, they tax, live it. Though. Tax policy is a little messed up or right. No li- wonky, whatever. no wonky bullshit. Like right. your life Liter- is on literal, the line. Yeah. Literal life and death. Yeah. And, and, and it's been on the line and you put it on the line for this, this system that you believed in. And then it crushes you, you know, just grinds you into dust almost. I think that's why. I, I have such a kinship and, and I, I have so many vets that have, you know, found my show appealing is that I really, I really appreciate those that have gone through that. And as opposed to coming back and becoming, you know, evil cops or some shit like that, they, they really, they really, you know, they're awake. Like these right. people are, awa- they're probably more awake than me in some ways. Cause like as much as I'm privy to the atrocities of our government, I've never seen it fucking firsthand. Dude. Right. You know, I've never been, I've never seen, you know, body parts and shit that are right. strewn about because of some bomb that we dropped for no apparent reason. It's like, man, that, that's know. been part of Adam Kokesh's story for the last 13, 14 years. Right. I think he's, he was even involved a little bit before the Ron Paul campaign, mm-hmm. but for, for a number of years, like, yeah, I, I took place or not me. Obviously I'm speaking as if I were Adam. Sure. He actually followed orders and carried out some, pretty brutal right like whatever you want to call it yeah and that's part that was part of his transformation he came back he's like oh my god like what did i do yeah and he's but but god bless him though you know like now and now he's using that experience to then turn to other people and not only and also kind of translating it for normies right when when the uh, the chris kyle uh movie came out whatever that name was american sniper yes and he started interviewing people outside of the the viewing he's like hey you know he, he started putting everything in a context of you know who are the, who are the real enemies in this movie, right? We have people who are coming into these homes and they're breaking into the homes and they're, you know, these are the assaulters versus who's, who's the real defender P- putting the, the Iraqis as, as the defenders and the United States and Chris Kyle as the aggressors, the home intruders. Mm-hmm. And people are going, Oh my God, like, wow. I yeah. never thought of that. No, it's, I mean, it's, it's an important lesson. And I think that the, the fact that, you know, regardless of the fact that our politicians 
just give lip service to the veneration that right. they they lay upon uh, the soldiers. The American people do really have that. While in they them. have sex with children and snort drugs off of hookers and all that. <laughs> yes, exactly. But I'm saying the American people, <laughs> the American people do actually venerate these people to a large extent, and they do actually genuinely care. So I think that makes their voice even more important when they come back to to. Um, you know, counter the prop, counter the the pro-war propaganda with anti-war truth. You know, yeah. like um, I, I'll pivot, kind of similar topic, but I, I wanted to talk briefly about the fact that we have twenty thousand armed National Guard troops in Washington D.C. to oversee the inauguration of our new, totally not a tyrant, totally not a dictator. Can you? Uh, do we have any hope? I mean, first off. I don't think that people are going to show up in mass. Well, one, are they all tested positive for COVID nineteen? I want to, you know, I want to clarify that first. <laughs> yeah. We want to be safe. They're certainly not social distancing. No, um, sleeping all bunched, bundled together. I know it's fucking crazy, dude. But uh, I, I wonder. Uh, well, first off, I think that the entire um, message as of late that there's been all these flyers. I, I don't know if you've seen it, but it looks as if they use the same format as a flyer of like some Black Lives Matter rally. So right. it looks like it's a and totally... So, and some guy, what was it, John something, he got arrested. He was someone who got booted out of BLM circles because exactly. he was causing problems. Yeah, because he was causing, too much of a radical for them. Right, and now he's <laughs> causing problems in the Capitol. So he, probably someone maybe who just broke. And, right. Yeah, I'm speculating, of course. Yeah. But maybe he just broke from all these lockdowns and maybe he was always a little kooky anyway, but this kind of pushed him over that edge. It's possible. And, it's, and instead of committing suicide or turning to drugs or something else, this was his outlet. And he yeah. said, you know what? I'm just going to start causing problems and I'm just going to start creating mayhem. It could, could be that, or it could be a CIA plan. I don't know. Yeah, that's true too. Uh, it goes either way. But my, my point in all this like is, AOC. yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I've actually been dropping some links online. Uh, there was a guy, some, some, uh, democratic socialist of America guy. So I, you know, he's our mortal enemy, Yeah, but he also hates AOC. Interesting. From what I could see. And so I did a little search and I just did AOC, Nigeria, or, or Niger. Boom, up, up comes a, uh, an article from, I believe, the Boston Herald talking about how she was overseas in Niger in 2010 before Niger had a military coup. Take was place. she even a congresswoman then? No, she was, in, she was a college student. Oh. Yeah, in high school, she was part of a political organization that has CAA ties. And then in college, she interned for Ted Kennedy in the Senate. Yeah. So she's, 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 she's glowing. Yeah. yeah. She's you know, people state. who are familiar with Fallout, she... She's a glowing ghoul. Interesting. Yeah, well, that, that makes sense. This whole this whole story about her being some plucky upstart bartender who just yeah. wants to—it's—it's it's all who who wore her shoes out by uh, you know walking to houses. Like, hey, it's... maybe she did, but yeah. great, good for her. Yeah, she she walked. Just means that the CIA trained her well. Exactly. They know how to put in some some actual work. Um, well, anyways, the the point I was making about the the twenty thousand autistic uh, tangent, by the way. Yes, that's what we do. The the twenty thousand <laughs> troops, <laughs> the twenty thousand troops there. Um, it, First off, I don't think that there's a meaningful movement uh, amongst the right to go to the inauguration. Uh, was the inauguration not canceled anyways? I don't even know what the fuck right. you're talking yeah, about. It's a pretty horrible dictator that's not throwing people in prison, not throwing journalists in jail, right. who's not jailing political dissidents, who's not just telling opponents, not killing opponents by any means. He's not. He's saying what he's been saying for 40 years. Yeah. He's been a public figure for a very long time. Yep. Which Myself, is, personally, I've always viewed him as a joke. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, oh my God, this guy's our president? Like, what? Yeah. On the one hand, it's kind of amazing that we have something of a carnival barker clown type figure as a president, but I'm like, oh my God, people are believing this. Like, I, If you saw that post from, from last night, I mean, I've got relatives that are... Oh yeah, hard cue. Like my dad, my dad's like that. Dude, you know? it's wild to, to have someone that you know and love be like, 
Trump is still going to save us. And you're right. just like, how can you still think that? It's like you want to say, okay, yes, there are interdimensional child traffic or child molesting sex trafficking <laughs> vampires. But, but the, one the inter, the interdimensional vampires. But, but one orange dude's going to save us. Though. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like he's probably not going to arrest all of them. Right. He's, fuck no. No. Uh, I mean, that, that's the craziest thing about the Q folks is like they can, they can acknowledge the fact that, that it, our election may have been stolen. Right. But they think that one guy is going to undo it all. And you think that they're not, if they did that, that they're going to leave a track, you know, a trail of evidence behind them. These are professionals, folks. Of course, the very same guy who gave orders to get out of Syria and other places and his subordinates lied to him about made up. Yeah, exactly. This made up these stories. And here, here's a, you know, a report or whatever the hell they call it. Right. Yeah. We have X amount of troops. It was all, it was all bullshit. (laughs) All of it. It, it is fucking. It is. It is just unbelievable that that people can still hold on to the Q story yeah. after everything we've seen, and they're right. just like, I mean, even with the inauguration coming up in days, she was like, if he doesn't, if 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 they don't end up in Gitmo by May, I'll I'll reconsider yeah, by May. I'm yeah. like I'm like well, the the inauguration's next week. She's like, well, they have to they have to make them president first. I'm like, right. I was like, if you believe that, you're willing to. You're willing to wait forever. Yeah. As long as they keep doing Q drops, I think that they will just keep these people. It's, kind of, it's, 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 almost, it's almost the inverse of the people who are believing so hardcore in the lockdown rhetoric, it's, right? It's so similar. Yeah. It's, it's a very similar concept. It's a, it's a faith in like people their want, faith. People want to be safe, not necessarily free. Yes. But their faith is in, is in Q or Trump as right. opposed to Fauci or Biden. You know, right. it's like, but it's still statism in, a, in its sickness and sure. it's a non-productive way. It's like that. That's all I, I was trying to get across to her. It's like I don't even care if you believe in all this stuff. All I want to know is, will you actually fight to defend your freedom? You know, right. like at any point. Because yeah. at this point, I'm I'm convinced that if Q said, when you get on the train car, it's to take you to Disneyland, <laughs> <laughs> and, and they'd be like, they'd be like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, the annual passes were just canceled. <laughs> However, Trump's going to handle that. He's going to be—he's going to pass an executive order that's going to restore the annual passes for Disneyland. Dude, I can see them. <laughs> I can see Q dropping it, saying the reason that they that they shut that they eliminated the annual passes at Disneyland is because they're going to put all the Trump supporters there when he goes and he takes out the yeah, interdimensional. It's going to be pedophiles. fantastic. It's going to be our own small little world. We're going to secede from the union. <laughs> right, we're no longer going to be controlled by the global pedophile elites. Yeah. Right, we're going to be. And it sucks because yeah we're laughing and but we have to because oh, if it. you don't it's depressing. It's so depressing. Holy hell! I mean, but here let, let me get back to the point. So yes, twenty twenty thousand troops. me in. Twenty thousand troops are in D.C. today. Yes, which I mean, I never thought in my life I'd see something like this. I, I just being totally honest, and and I'm pretty fucking black pilled or woke or red pilled or whatever you want to call me. I did not see this coming. Um, my my question I guess is. First off, do you think there will be meaningful protests? And secondarily, do you think these 20,000 troops will actually view their fellow American who are protesting what they believe to be an illegitimate election? Will they, will they take up arms against them if, if so? Uh, the latter, yes, to a large degree. I mean, they, they have, there, there's a whole, the whole incentive of the state, right, is for people to fall in line. Otherwise, you'll be excommunicated. Like we as libertarians and, you know, Stefan Molyneux and other people have laid out some scenarios. Hey, in a free society, certain things could happen, right? So if you commit a crime, you could be shut off from an insurance agency, which you'll no longer be able to have electricity or 
that, you know, you're going to be persona non grata. You'll yeah. be an outlaw. They hit Kurt Schilling with that this week. Right. Yeah. So what they're doing, it's, it's anarcho-fascism in a sense, right? It so t- what they're hundred percent. So what they're doing, they're unpersoning people in this current construct, which mm-hmm. is horrifying. Right. Yep. Um, and really these people, and, I, and I've talked about this even before Trump was a, was a, was the front runner when he first announced, I'm like, Hey guys, maybe we shouldn't talk about you know, building this border wall or building a border security. Cause do you really think Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi are going to give all these powers and authorities strictly for your benefit? Fuck no. No, they're not libertarians. They don't give a, they don't give a flying. Did you see them. Liberty hangouts tweet this morning? Uh, what was it about? They uh, said, they said, uh, I'm starting to think that wall idea may not have been such a good idea. Cause we may need to get out of here. And I was like, yeah, yeah motherfuckers. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Ron Paul said that. How many years ago? Yeah, I know. Libertarians more broadly have been saying this for decades. Exactly. Like, of course. It's, it's, it's mind blowing how, how short-sighted people are like that they don't see this like do you think the berlin wall was to you know deal with illegal immigration no in (laughs) no and we're saying especially now with everything being so tied electronically if they just turn that off you're screwed oh bro i'm i'm see this is why this is why i waver between optimism and pessimism is because i i really do see the writing on the wall when it comes to the you know techno fascistic takeover that we're experiencing. I mean, it, yeah. it is so it's so fucking quick. It's so right. quick how they're doing it. Like, and I and I made this point, and I know many in our arena did, but I made this point strongly when they got rid of Alex Jones. I was like, right. I was like, that's the beginning yeah. of the end, right? Because then if he's persona non grata, they can, before he was in the the bounds of acceptable opinion, right? This <clears> is actually this is a perfect segue because I'm going to go off on one of my little tangents that are somewhat related. Uh, I've been kind of in the Ron Paul movement for a long time, right? Since his first presidential run. And I joined Ron Paul forums mm-hmm. and I was in and a bunch of people in the grassroots level. We all have our stupid little nerd, nerd arguments. By the way, Thomas Massey was, was a member it? of those forums. I know, it's so cool. So I got to chat with him and I'm like, yes, I knew him before he was, you know, who we all know him now. Yeah. And so it's, it, you know, not that I, you know, never went to his house or shook his hand or anything, but I was yeah. able to communicate with him directly. Totally. Yeah. God bless the internet. The fact the f- he follows me and I, I, oh, yeah. me I n- every day I wake up and I'm just like, my fucking hero follows me. This oh yeah. So cool. Like I, I got a follow, <laughs> I got a follow for Massey and Michael Malice and. Oh, the, you got the, Malice? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I, I showed a picture of my, uh, my dick roots, my, my veins. <laughs> and he was like, hell yeah. Yeah. And then shortly after I was like, oh wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. I got Malice. That's dope. Dude. And, and then, you know, we, he we connected again with the candles and, 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 but then when Massey followed me and the Mises Institute followed me, I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm just some nerd just like screaming into the void and I'm getting followed by people I've been admiring for, for over a decade, you know, from my early twenties. Hey, there's value in those screams into the void though. <laughs> yeah, of there course. Are. There are. Not even just on a cathartic level, right? But we get to connect with other people who also are screaming, Hey, we're not alone, right? We're, we got some other screamers who are out there who are, you know, seeing the injustice of, of all of this. And I kind of sort of forgot where I was going, which I do all the time, by the way. <laughs> like, this, this, isn't a fr- this isn't the first time that's ever happened. Yeah, we've hung out a few times, I know, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but talking about different things on uh, different just online forums, talking, you know, uh, the, the index card of allowable opinion to nick an idea from Tom Woods, mm-hmm. right? So if, if you unperson Alex Jones, I would, I would have these arguments on Ron Paul forums and other places. Hey, you know, we just had Ron. Right. Would go on stage, they would ask him about heroin legalization he'd be yeah no one you know raise your hand up if it were legalized tomorrow no one would take it right, right. and that was you know he'd, he'd talk about uh the government at the the barrel of a gun would take money from you and you would get a road to use as a result mm-hmm. like wow we had someone who was friends with murray rothbard who was reading mises in the 50s and hayek in the 50s and reading rothbard in the 60s gave lou rockwell his start mm-hmm. like ron paul's not some 
you know, fly by night, kind of conservative, kind of oh, no. like, no, he, he was reading hardcore material when there were like 13 libertarians in the entire country. Yeah. No, he's the real deal. Yeah. And, and so we had him and I would have this discussion with Rand Paul coming in because when Rand Paul was, was campaigning for his father in both in 2008, he was talking about, Hey, you know, Iran's not a threat if they have a nuclear weapon, right? We've seen other countries around the world and how the, the U S response to them was when they gave up the nuclear program. And of course that was pretty prophetic, right? Because we talk about Gaddafi and Libya and, and other countries in, in the middle East who've given up their nuclear programs and then and we demolish it out. Yeah. And so and, for, and talk about a catastrophic precedent just brief, mm. just briefly, because when you do that, you get them to disarm, which is I think good for the world, but then you destroy them. You have now forced the hands of people like Kim Jong-il in, right. in, in North Korea. Uh, Iran is now right. forced to pursue nuclear weapons, even if they didn't want to. I mean, you're, you're, you're creating this situation right. by destroying right. people who played your game. It's, right. I mean, it's, or, it, it, it's penny wise and pound foolish, yeah. right, to borrow some old, old phrase. Yeah. And so I would have a lot of conversations, even with, with, uh, with Thomas Massey, when he was starting his campaign, I was like, whoa, he's not talking like taxation is theft. And he's, I'm like, oh, he's selling out or whatever. Because if not, yeah, I mean, Thomas Massey's amazing, by the way. He's my favorite congressman. He's unbelievable. Yeah, I'm a too. little older now, so I see what he's been doing. He, he's the real deal. Yep. He, he reads all, he reads Rothbard. He's read all of that. He's not some. No, he's the real deal. Yeah, he is. He's one of us. Yep. Right. I believe that. Uh, but my, my whole issue was with Rand, pa- with Rand Paul modifying some of his statements was, hey, you know, if he becomes the wacko and he's starting to, to kind of narrow his focus and he's, he doesn't want to step out of bounds and he becomes the extremist and he continues to modify and censor himself, we're screwed. Right. Because cause then he's going to have to continually do that until he turns into Dana Rohrabacher, mm-hmm. who if, I don't know if you're familiar, but Dana Rohrabacher in the 80s went to Afghanistan and oh, fought with the Mujahideen in the 80s. Wow. And was was a professed ANCAP in college. Fuck. And then goes into Congress and becomes kind of a sort of libertarian-ish GOP guy. Yeah. Which is... At the time, was probably as much as we could have asked for, but right. But now compared, that, compared now that we to got us, Massey, right? Like we're know. we're open and caps, right? right? Or Ron Paul would wear a black and gold tie up on stage, and he would. Oh, I didn't talk. even notice that. Yeah, well, I did because I'm, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, at the time, I wasn't an end cap, so I, I wasn't even privy to the to the black and gold, you know, mindset. So I wouldn't right. have even noticed the symbology. Yeah, yeah. So we, I would see that, and I'd be like, "Oh, dude, you know." Yeah, and you know, and then Ron Paul will in his books talking about, Hey, go read Hans Hermann Hoppe or Murray Rothbard. He's not telling you to go read. Oh, I don't know. Just think of Eric Bowling, right. From Fox (laughs) news or something. No, he's telling you to read some hardcore dudes who are coming up with the theory that we all kind of come to grow and love. Yeah. And so I I would see that in real time. And so we're, we're seeing that it's man. If if you get people like Alex Jones or unpersoned, which even if he's a little weird, he's crazy and all that. And if he gets some stuff wrong. Sure. Yeah, sure. And if he's outside of the, the, the realms of acceptable opinion, well, then who's next? Then you're going to get someone else. And then they're going to be contracted. And it's, it's not going to just happen on the right wing either. You're going to get people who are, who are left-wing dissidents right. who are going to get crunched by this too. Well, I think they did it to Tulsi. And, yeah. They and, did it to uh, the, the Red Scare podcast. They got banned. Right. Exactly. And, and now, I mean, you can hit Rogan either from the left or the right because yeah. he has left and right views. Yeah. Jimmy Dore is a guy who he's been yeah, a dude. very uh, ardent uh, opponent of the empire. And all the time he'll, he'll rip on AOC and other people saying, dude, what are you doing? You know, you, you're going to take this opportunity instead of voting for Medicare for all. Which exactly. We, we, we're horrified by. Right. But 
he has his principles. He's sticking to his guns. Glenn Greenwald has been, uh, he's been targeted by a lot of people. Michael Tracy is targeted by a lot of people. Yep. If you just go on their Twitter feed and you read their replies and their comments, you're going to see people just constantly blasting them for yeah. just all <laughs> sorts of things because they don't agree with their narrative. They're not going to support on, they, they have their principles and they will support those principles, not a politician. Right. But, they're, but the, the key, the, the tie that binds in all these cases is that they're anti-cathedral. Right. If you're anti-cathedral... They're outside the realms of acceptable opinion. Yeah, you're the enemy then. But that's why, you know, whether they go after Ben Shapiro, who I don't care for, right. or not, or they go for Alex Jones, yeah, who I do care for. Yeah, they go after dorks like that. I mean, if they're taking out, you know, someone like Nick Fuentes, or, or I mean, Nick Fuentes is a little more hardcore than Ben Shapiro, but if they're taking out dorks like that... Right. Like, we stand no it. chance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, wait until they get a hold of us. Like, yeah, we want no, no cops... Uh, right. No, no education. Now we we can channel Bastiat. No public, right? Right. Yeah. To, to use the Bastiat talked about this in 1850, right? You know, socialists will uh, conflate the different the public with with government, right? So mm-hmm. if you say we don't want public education, you want government schools, that they'll socialists will accuse you of not wanting any education at all. Exactly. So which we'll, is which is why I clarified because right. Sometimes people don't get that. Right. So the overwhelming majority of people who are still listening to this, if they haven't tuned out by now, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll get that distinction. Oh yeah, they get it. But people who don't, the normies who don't, yeah, we want we want people to, to choose educational alternatives of their own volition, or we want more right. local level education. We don't want one solution for 330 million people. Vermont is what what 98 point something percent white population, mm-hmm. and it's all a lot of it's rural, and they have a very different climate, both societally and uh, climactically. Yeah, and, and, and yet they have a socialist here, congressman. Right. Yeah. That, that too. And you live uh, in North County. San Diego, not right. to totally dox you. <laughs> I live right by the border. You know, right. we, we have a very different both uh, cultural demographic, uh, societal demographic, racial demographic than someone like Vermont, and yet we have the same federal education standards. Right. And it's not just education. It's all, I mean, you just, however many thousands of pages are in the federal register for laws. It, it, what is it? Probably in the hundreds of thousands. Oh, I think it's, it's more. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. yeah and, and there's one federal standard for all of that. Yeah. And, and it's, there's so, there's so many laws you can't possibly exist without breaking them. And that, I mean, I think that's the, I'll, I'll spin this into a white pill once again. I think that that, you. yeah, that, that is where, that is where opportunity arises actually is when, when people start to realize that no matter how good they behave, they're going to be a criminal. Yeah. People start to, your, your very existence is criminalized. Exactly. Right? So people start to, to stop playing by the rules. And I think that's what you're seeing. I mean, you've seen it with the most leftist blue pill normies going wait why the fuck do we pay taxes yeah you know and i'm like i'm like yes (laughs) you know like if we can get a a real meaningful movement towards that i think that'll be great actually i do want to pivot to one quick story i i I listened to this radio lab this morning that is arguably the most atrocious thing i've heard in my life it's about print i'm sure you you heard this story worse than this episode yeah much (laughs) uh you know the uh Minting, minting the trillion dollar platinum coins. All oh, that again. Oh, yes. Jesus. They did a 30 minute episode where they have on some fucking Yahoo completely cathedral approved economist to Paul come. Krugman? It wasn't, but it was okay. some, some woman that I've heard of before, but was it, was it Stephanie? Uh, uh, that, that might be it. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's the, the main okay. or the most prominent MMT. Okay. Advocate. Yeah. They, I mean, they had like two on and it was just, you so... can edit that in to make us look way better. After <laughs> it's okay. People listen to it, but I'm actually thinking about doing a, a episode where I parse it or I, I chop it and I, you know, do my commentary in between. Cause it's, it's that 
it's that dangerous of an idea. But essentially, they they go through and and you know the two hosts are so fucking stupid. And they like repeatedly they emphasize this doesn't sound right. And I'm like, your instinct is correct. Right. Fucking use it for the love of God. But they right. keep they keep having these these economists, these <laughs> Ivy League economists come in to go like, well, no, uh, technically the government can print as much money as it wants. And, and I'm like, there's no argument that they can't print as much money as they want. Right. The argument is whether or not they fucking should. Or, or whether or not they will, right? Because well, yeah. libertarians, we've been saying, hey, you know, the government shouldn't have all these powers and authorities. They could abuse it. Well, they've been doing it now. Ten yeah. months, they, they will shut down businesses. Yeah. Like, so, th- in a sense, like this has been far, far more totalitarian than even we probably would have thought. Much more. Go. Much like, more. Like if you had asked us a couple of years ago, hey, you know what? The government's going to come in. They're going to shut down your business. You know, Roxy gave her a shout out a little while ago. She worked as a as a uh, counselor or whatever her position was at a YMCA camp here in, in San Diego. She was due to be the camp director soon. She lived there. That was her career. That was her job. She worked with kids that got shut down and she lost her job and her place to live Yep. over, over summer, you know, and the YMCA is one of the, I don't know exactly what their ranking would be. Right. If you were to rank the, the highest non-charitable nonprofit organizations, it's around. Gotta, gotta be big, but in terms of social capital, there aren't a whole lot of institutions here in America that are larger than the YMCA. No. And if they're getting crushed and they're shutting down and they're, they're telling people, Hey, you know what? You have to find a new place to live and a new job at, at the snap of a finger. Right. Good Lord. Yeah. Think if you're just some smaller organization, you're just, you organize a community feed for homeless people or, or for people who are disadvantaged, like some, someone like myself, like say, uh, say if a woman washed, lost their husband and they have two kids at home, right. right? I'm both fortunate and unfortunate enough to have not had children with my wife because on the one hand, I didn't have to take care of, you know, any, any little one saying, Hey, where's mom? Right. You know, well, well, I have to be Superman and tell them, Hey, you know, we're going to be okay. Or I'm, you know, you're I, falling I, apart. I'm that, yeah, I'm that little child inside. Yeah. That would have been brutal. And so we, we have these organizations getting crushed society wide and it, it's just all of this destruction, but, but tying it back to what you're talking about with, with that podcast, that's the, almost the, the left version of Q. Mm. Like, yeah, we're, we're going to, there's nothing. Everything you know, will be all right. We can right, just this, print. this seems wrong. Yeah. Yeah, it is wrong, but it's wrong for the reasons that you're not really identifying. Right, right. Yeah, they, they were just as, asking, so, like, uh, they finally, 25 minutes in, they get to the point of one of the dumbass hosts going, you know, this just doesn't feel right. Like, wouldn't wouldn't just flooding the economy with $2 trillion new dollars backed by these platinum coins that are otherwise worth a couple hundred bucks or a couple thousand bucks, um, wouldn't that you know, make things cost more. Like he doesn't even use the word inflation, you know, <laughs> he's like, right. he's like yeah. would that make things cost more? And she's like, well, it's actually more complicated than that. And I'm like, yeah, it is. But they they'll, they'll make the argument in some cases that inflation will harm rich people more than, than poor people because poor people are going to get rid of the money more quickly. Right. Yeah. But it's like, Oh really? The, like, they didn't even go that route, but they, which they, is totally, which is, you know, we, I, you know, I, I'm not Bob Murphy. I'm right. not a trained economist. I dropped out of high school at the age of 15 years old. I'm, I'm an idiot. And also, <laughs> you're, a, a, you're not, a, but okay. a, a literal diagnosed retard. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you could see that. Yeah, if, if you were to start creating inflation, it's going to harm poor people. Of course, ex- significantly. But but the my point is that they didn't even mention monetary velocity. They didn't. You know, they. It was so. It was so like. There was no depth. There was no depth right. to the reporting whatsoever. But 
the conclusion of it is definitive. It's like, hey, it, why would this be so awesome that we do this instead of an actual detailed right. opposition? Right, and, and like they, they bring up the fact that... They don't want know, to steel man their position, they want to straw man the opposition. Well, they, I don't even know if they... Str- I mean, I guess they straw man the opposition. It didn't even feel like opposition. It didn't, didn't even present... Yeah, it didn't even, I mean, it didn't even go ho- that far. Hardly, hardly <laughs> even bring it up, but it's, it's basically... I'm pontificating, by the way. I'm, I'm just running with assumptions on what... The, like the one sentence that you described know, to me I about know. there. I know. Yeah, well, you, you can check <laughs> it out. That's not your fault. That's my fault. It's not, it's not worth listening to, but it is for its own comedic value. Um, but yeah, they, they don't bring up... Born it down to the ground. <laughs> there, there, are, there are obvious times where like you can do things to the economy that you don't see the ramifications right away. And, and printing money while you're in a deflationary crisis because you've locked down the economy and you don't see inflation because everyone's out of work and blah, blah, blah. Like there are so many fucking reasons that you can print money in a single moment that won't create inflation right away. It's, but that doesn't diminish the long-term effects. And that it's just so embarrassing that you have this, this program, which people talk about veneration. People fucking venerate uh, radio lab. Like it's the greatest thing ever. It's like NPR to fucking lefties. They think it's, it's the gospel. And I'm just horrified because these are, these are extraordinarily dangerous ideas and they're floating them out there. And And these 30 minute little, by the way, here we go. I've I've brought up Spooner. I brought up Frederick Bastiat. Mm -hmm. These guys were around 150 to 180 years ago. Right. They were refuting these very ideas at that time. And we're still, we're still dealing with this bullshit. It's, it's what, what you've just described for the last minute or so is the seen versus the unseen. Yes. Of course you could print, a trillion dollar coin. You could print 30 of them. You could wipe out the national debt. Yeah. You could give people $2,000 a month, $12,000 a month, whatever else you're going to create jobs. Okay. But what are, what are all the other effects that you're not going to see after that? Yes. You can lock down, you can stop a virus potentially. Let's run with the official narrative and say it's going to help. Yeah. But what about all the mental health effects? What about all the cancer screenings? Exactly. That are missed? What about all the, the deaths of despair? What about all of the hopes and dreams that are crushed? You had to close your business and you yeah. had to lay people off. What, what, how are they doing? Right. Probably not as well as they were a year ago when you're pulling them up. Yeah. When, when, all, when the tide rises, your tide rises, they're going with you. But, but the, the thing about it is... And, and, I, and, and you're one person, right? Right. So you're one person out of however many yeah, millions of people butterfly in the effect. world. Billions of people in the world, right? 130 billion, million people typically in a given year are at risk of starvation. And as of April, the UN estimated that an, you know, an additional 130 million people were, were potentially going to starve. Right. And that was just if they did lockdowns for a little while. Well, what, but what bums me out about this is that, you know... But they, I mean, of course, it doesn't matter to people here in America because right? we're rich and wealthy. We can we can offset we can offload all of our decisions off to the poor. Right. They they don't matter. So they'll harangue you for being racist. Yeah. And they'll harangue you for not caring about poor people, and they call you evil and unsympathetic. Right. And, and so even though I'm trying to prevent them from implementing right. these policies that will destroy but the, the very policies, the poor. they will then call you selfish for not wanting to implement. Right. Will then potentially kill of starvation, which is brutal. I mean, brutal way to go. Yeah. Like maybe the worst. Hundreds of millions of people. Yep. And they don't, they don't give a shit. They no. Oh, well, that, well, well, even if they don't, let's let, let's say their intentions are pure. They don't understand the effect. Let's just run with the 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 idea that they don't understand the effects of their actions. Mm-hmm. It's still horrifying. No, it is. It is. But that that's and my, you're going to be cast as the evil one. You, you as the peaceful person who doesn't want cops to kill people for a traffic stop. You don't want to kill. You don't want to put your your knee on George Floyd's neck right. and for nine minutes and you know, for regardless of whatever drugs he had in his system or whatever, 
there's a better way that could have all been handled. You, you the peaceful one. You don't. You want to. Tur- you want to turn away from the monopoly on violence to to rip from from Pete's movie. You're the violent one. You are the insurrectionist. Right. You are the seditionist. Well, see one. that that's the problem is that they they will call these ramifications unintended consequences in the future, looking backwards. Right. I am saying we're calling it out in real time. I'm saying that. You can see. I dropped out of school at 15. I'm a little retard. I'm I'm calling it out real time. Exactly right. That's what I'm saying. Is like you can see what the consequences of these actions will be ahead of time if you are actually looking at the history of economics as opposed to reading Keynesian MMT nonsense. And and right. that's what's so frustrating is like they I I knew immediately the ramifications of lockdowns of because I understand economics. And, same, you, and you've seen the ratcheting. You've seen the ratcheting effect. Of course, we've seen it in, a, in like I was describing with the Ron Paul forums. Yep. I, I'd be, you know, screeching about, "Oh my God, Thomas Massey's not talking about taxation is theft." Oh my God, what a sellout loser, and, yep. and all this other stuff. And well, uh, I'm not. not gonna, he's not. No, he's not at all. And I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bash him when we've got Correct. you know. 534 other people we can do it to. Um, but yeah, that, that's the, that was the frustration for me in listening to it is like that they didn't acknowledge. I mean, they briefly brought up the fact that this could create inflation, but then they, they say, well, you see, because of the lockdowns, there's this huge hole in the economy. Oh no shit. And the money and the money that they print <laughs> will think the money that they print will fill that hole. That's how they described it. And I was like, I was like, yeah, of course it fucking will. It'll yeah. fill the hole. But once the fucking economy comes back, you're going to have, trillions more dollars that are in circulation if that fucking spins up if you stop working out and you stop exercising <laughs> and you start eating ice cream every day you're gonna turn into a fat turd but the, but the thing break is, it to you but the thing is 10 months ago they said that that wasn't what happened right, exactly they said that you could eat whatever you wanted and you wouldn't ever get fat and that's what's right. so frustrating about it is like this shit is not fucking rocket science no all these geniuses wrote it out for us. We have the fucking blueprint. You can't print money we and see, not we crush see, economies. We you can't see the code it. of the matrix in myriad directions. We can see it all around us now. I know. Thank you, Michael. Again, yes, Doctor Menace. Yes, he really he really has laid the groundwork. Uh, him amongst a, a handful of other philosophers. Which, by the way, that fucking bitch that said that that podcasters and. Uh, uh, what yeah, was Brianna it? Coyle. And, and YouTube, YouTube people are, are not the economists, philosophers, and you know, deep thinkers or whatever of our day. I was like, that's exactly what they fucking are. Right. What are you talking about? It's just a medium of fucking conversation. Right. Like that, that's the beauty of technology. <laughs> people like us, we can communicate now. We can. So it's a double-edged sword, right? It's a little easier for a social virus to take hold, right? Because you can scare people a little more easily because you right. can put you can put notifications in their pocket. Right? We, we talk about you know, well. I just made that phrase up right now. We, we weren't talking about this necessarily, but you, you could talk about, you know, the library of Alexandria was lost, right? You know, we have all this information in historical ancient humanity was potentially lost in this fire. Well, we have everything now. Well, we were growing up, you and I, you're, you're 38, I'm 36. We were growing up, our, our teachers would tell us, well, you know, you need to learn how to do math because you're not going to have a calculator in your pocket when you're walking around in life. <laughs> right. Well, we got news for you. <laughs> we not, not only do we have a calculator, way better than that's that. like the, the, the least used feature exactly. of all of our phones. We can go online can, and search up. I can up. talk it into my phone and get the answer. Exactly. Like yeah. I, I was working at a retail store a few years ago and I was interacting with, with a, uh, someone on vacation from Japan and they were looking for a controller so they could plug into their phone so they could play some games. Right. So we, they, they didn't speak any English. 
I don't speak any Japanese. Right. We were speaking into our phones and it was translating from Japanese. It was beautiful. That's so cool. We found it. So they got a, they got a PlayStation controller that they could use for their phone. And so while they were here in America, they could play their games on their phone and it was fantastic. Yeah. Right. And this is the little microcosm of yes, talk technology can be a social virus and it can spread a lot of evil, but it also allows all of us to connect yep. at a level that we never before were able to Right. someone who, who grows up in Nigeria or, uh, some somewhere random in the world can connect with some kid from Japan over yep. anime. Yeah. God, some, God, God knows how many people are listening to us talk right now that yeah. are in other countries that, yeah. you know, have totally different upbringings. It's incredible. So some, some, some Russian subversive asshole, right? He was trying to use it against, which please do, by the way, use it against the U S government by all means necessary. That would be horrible if he did that. Wink. Um, yeah, wait, please don't raid my house. It's not even my house. I live with my friend. <laughs> No, it's he true. works hard. He makes it's, he makes money and he helps a lot of people out. Please don't rate him. <laughs> it, no, it's totally true though. I mean, te- I'm serious. Technology is a is a is a double edged sword. It's like it it has obviously it has um, exacerbated some issues that we had in society, but at the same time, it has brought you know like minded radicals together that I would yes. have never found, never, right. never. Right. And and it's just it's so amazingly potent. I I mean, the fact that I got to talk to Pete Quinones via fucking some electrons that came across my computer yesterday. Right. Like how the hell does that happen? You, you know, know, it's just nobody. It's well, I don't, I don't want to say nobody, but practically nobody listening to this could describe in any level of detail how that works. Right. On, on a, on a concrete level. I mean, they, they, they could describe they, a, a fraction of it, but not right, the whole but, thing. They, but they couldn't create a chip. They couldn't mine the materials out of the earth Fuck no. to then put these materials together and then connect this, all this to make these ones and zeros pop up in some video format of some dude's fucking face in his voice. Like right. that's a George W. Bush got pilloried right. in the 88 campaign or was it 88 or 92. I don't quite remember which one in any event, it was either the late eighties or early nineties where he was pilloried for, Oh my God, he's, he's amazed by these, this grocery you know, this uh, point of sale register Oh yeah, yeah, in, the, yeah. in the belt. It's like, well, yeah, the dude was born in like 1912 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe it was like 1920, but the point being, it was that that's amazing. in in the arc of human history to have something, obviously, I mean, who knows? You can go into the conspiracy. Joe Rogan's had a number of people on who talked about humanity. Like there may have been advanced civilizations, 10 to 15, 20,000 years ago, whatever. Maybe as far as we know, we don't have any tangible proof have anything that's been more advanced than we are right now. No. And so you look at the arc of human history, 150, 200,000 years, whatever, this little sliver of the last century that we've had, this massive technological improvement to where someone who, you know, gets joked on and, oh, he's out of touch. He grew up in an era where none of that existed. Right. He should be out of touch. That's yes, normal. Yes, that, that's good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, he's a CIA thug and all the oh, rest. Well, his that, family. I don't mean him per se. I just right. mean other people in his age his, demographic. His, yes, his, his you generation. Know. You know, I have a grandfather. He's 88 years old. And to tie back into how your grandmother is uh, more left-leaning and, and she's yeah. you know buying into all this, my family is much more conservative. And my extended family canceled Christmas. I was pretty wow. devastated by that because yeah. I've been, I haven't seen them since, last, since Christmas of 2019. Yeah, that's brutal. And I regarded my uncle, who's only nine years older than me, as as my older brother growing mm-hmm. up. And did they cancel it out of fear of the virus? Yes. And and, and they're of the, they're of the uh, of the mentality. They were having friends over. They were having gatherings, you know, in defiance of COVID, saying, "Hey, yeah, this is bad, but we still need to live our lives. We need to give some normalcy to our children." He's he, you know he's fairly well to do. I mean, he's very well to do, but I'm not. I don't want to give out too many details of his life. I don't want someone to try to tear him down. Sure. Uh, because you know I'm just some 
Joker online causing <laughs> problems. I don't want to rip him down with me. But it was devastating for me. Like, man, I don't even get to go to Christmas. My grandfather is 88 years old. Yes, he's healthy now. But as we discussed earlier, being 88 is a pre-existing condition. Right. He could tonight go to sleep, not wake up. Nobody would be surprised. Yeah. That's exactly. what happens. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's normal. Yeah. And so that, for all for we, all, We, we know, could be so lucky as to go out right now right, <laughs> in that way. Right. Or, you know, he, he, he's a little bit of a ladies' man. So, you know, you know he, I mean, he's been with, with one woman now for a little while. Okay, good. My, my grandmother passed uh, a little over 20, oh my gosh, it was the, the Cowboys and Steelers Super Bowl. Was it 97 or 96? Uh, it's okay. Yeah, but she passed away on, on that Super Bowl Sunday. So for me, wow. my own personal journey, that's kind of when my football fandom ended. So growing up, I was oh, born, I know, I was born in 84, and I started reading newspapers when I was uh, two and a half. So I would see like the 49ers. You read newspapers at two and a half? Yeah, I would read like the box scores and, and football. Oh, okay, okay. So, so my, my focus was sports. I was all about Michael Jordan. I was all about the 49ers. Hell yeah, me too. You know, so, well, not the Niners, but the Bulls for sure. Yeah, M- MJ was my dude. Like I was learning learning how to basically walk in a whole different uh, sports ut- equipment. Mm-hmm. Like with a little Michael Jordan basketball. That was me. That's awesome. So I, I love my uncle partially because he got me into Michael Jordan. Uh, you're, which, you're tall. Were you were you ever any good at basketball? I'm okay. I was okay. okay. I mean, I was never a college level athlete. But yeah. I, I, if you were to compare me to the average person, yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty good athlete. But if you compare me to guys, well, sure, even college or pro, can level, you jump? Like, no, you can't. I'm floor Jordan. Interesting. Yeah. So my game, even though I love Jordan, the guy I've kind of patterned my game after was Tim Duncan. Mm. So when Jordan retired the first time. I saw Tim Duncan come into Wake Forest. I was like, "Oh, dude, that's my dude." <laughs> and so, I was like, yeah, I'm, he's I'm definitely all... he's definitely Floor Jordan. Yeah. So, could you you could never dunk, huh? No, uh, I was 17. The closest I came to dunking, I was 17. Wow. And I kind of you know regret doing because now I have a couple of things. You know, I'm 36. My back's not yeah perfect anymore. No, doing it at our age is not not really possible. But now I, I probably want to tell myself if I get back down to 195, if I drop you know 15 maybe 20 pounds. I want to try before it's too late because I'm not going to be able to do this at 50. Right? Sure. So, no, yeah. so I think I, I think for 2021, I want to hold myself accountable. One, I want to get back down to a buck 95. I want to get really leaning and I want my, I want my veins coming. I want to scare people. Hell yeah. I want and to you want to dunk. Yes. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm six, one, two, ten, and I can, I can still hang on the rim now. So yeah. if I got down to one ninety, I, because I've been playing beach volleyball, my mission to destroy you. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> I've been, I, <laughs> I've been, I've been playing beach volleyball for, you know, six years solid. So I don't think I've ever had a better jumping capacity than I do now. And nice. if I, if I get my weight down, Old man strength I think. and old man hops. Exactly. Def- well, old man hops. I don't you're know if that's a thing. Yeah, I know. I am defying the odds. Honestly, um, you just you said in a tweet the other day. See, we're getting really insular and really like <laughs> really autistic here. You talked about on your timeline. You know, your thirties are about becoming unfuckable or something like that. <laughs> it's a race against becoming unfuckable. Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, you you are you are defying the odds, my man. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. No, it's really important. I, I think that you know a lot of, and I've actually heard other people say this before, but if you if you can stay, if you can be in shape by the time you're 40, you can be in shape for the rest of your life. Yeah. And if you're out of shape by the time you're 40, it's good luck. You probably ain't coming back. So, um, I, I said it playfully, but I, I meant it. It's, it is an important thing for people to keep in mind, especially if you're in a marriage and you're like, Oh, you know, I'm in a marriage. I don't have to fucking stay in shape. That shit may not last, bro. You might want right. to stay, stay, they, they stay fell in love with you for, for a, an idealized version of you necessarily. Right. Exactly. Like when, when I met Kelly, my, my late wife, I was 
uh, somewhere between 240 and 250 pounds depending on the day. Yeah. I, was, I was a big dude. Yeah, I that's... was benching a lot more. I was just stronger. Right. And all of my lifts were way were I'm way sure higher. you weren't fat at no, 240. No, no. Like I had to turn sideways to walk through a lot of doors. Like right. Otherwise, my shoulders would hit the frames. Like, I, was, I was a big dude. That's wild. And you know, as I was hitting 30, I was lighter, right? It's just harder. You just can't maintain when you're in your late teens, early 20s. She met me when I was 22. You just... You, your your testosterone levels, your growth hormone levels, everything else, you're at the peak. Yeah, right? it's never going to be better. It's almost like you're taking steroids. You are, yeah. And as I was hitting thirty, I'm like, man, you know, I'm 25, 30 pounds lighter. I've had a couple injuries, so I had to adjust my diet to kind of placate that. Right. And I was, you know, more or less how I am now. And she's like, you know, dear, it's okay if you do steroids. Right. I liked it when you were big and beefy. <laughs> when I when I met you and I fell in love with you, you, you know, were a monster. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I I'm, I'd be okay if you went on. <laughs> it's okay, dude. I well, I hope you didn't, because uh, not yet. No, uh, I've been tempted. Yeah, me too, dude. I, I like, I'm already, I'm already stronger than I probably ever thought I would be, so I'm not really worried about it. Um, but I think that there is something. They work, be- by the way. Oh, yeah. of course they do. Not, not to push us both over the edge. You no, know, but I know work. it works. Believe me, I know it works. Uh, but I just don't think that, you know, I still, I really value my athletic ability more than I do my strength. And it like, feels more earned that way, right? It, well, it does, it does that for sure. But also I just like to be able to, I have very usable muscle right now. Mm-hmm. If I get, you know, 50 pounds of muscle getting on me. very homoerotic right now. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is how all my shows go. <laughs> but, but it's true. I like, I, I really want to be able to use it as opposed to being like this behemoth that I can't even jump anymore. Like it's, you know, right. if I can get it to be 250 and dunk, then that'd be really something cool, special. Right? Yeah, but, exactly. But I don't right. think that'll happen. So. If, but if we could print trillion dollar coins and no one would ever be harmed by it, great. Exactly. However, unfortunately, we live in reality. Yeah, and, and my tenons would probably blow out if I tried to dunk at 250. So <laughs> yeah. maybe don't want to do that. Well, I think we're going to wrap up there. Uh, we have gone past our allotted time. Thank you, Travis underscore Tyree for coming in. Yes. Thank you for having me. And uh, I know you wanted to give a shout out to, to a, a dearly... Uh, you know, beloved fallen member yes. of our community. Ludwig von Jesus, <laughs> Neocon Remover. Uh, a lot of people who are familiar with, with your show probably have played Fallout 3 and yeah. are familiar with Liberty Prime. Yep, yeah, yeah. And a lot of the dialogue is very anti-communist in nature. <laughs> and whenever I would see his name, I would hear Liberty Prime. Death is a preferable alternative to communism. <laughs> so I would say Neocon Remover, I would go, Neocon remover. And that would, it, it was, yeah, that's how I would say his name. So I'm devastated. I know. That me too, man. I just have to say that to myself and remember him, right? Yeah, but exactly. I also wanted to reach out. I, I, I'm living with a friend of mine that I've known for a long time. He he convinced me to move down to San Diego with him. Awesome. And, I mean, he, he obviously knew Kelly as well, my late wife. And so he knew my whole situation. He visited us in the hospital a few times and we were going through all of that. And he uh, he has me living with him now and he's trying to help me find a new purpose in my life and a new Killer, track because i'm you know starting over like so many people now who exactly are starting over and so he's helping me do that you reached out to me you yeah. took time out of your life to, to call me over the phone appreciate it uh, yeah, no multiple problem. other people online doing it. like i mentioned malice with the candles and other things yeah. and he, he reached out multiple times uh boko harambe he did it as well i'm not going to give his name away uh, I, there are a number of other people I want to shout out confirmed Mr. as well. His, yep. his feed is amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm putting, I know I'm putting all these guys at risk of getting banned because I'm putting more heat on them, but they, it, they, it, des- the, they, the clock's ticking for all of us. Yeah, We're all that's true. Out, so. they, they deserve the views. They've got some really funny stuff. So I wanted I, everybody, if you're having problems, don't feel ashamed to reach out. There are people yeah. who understand it. Yeah. Like and, if, and most importantly, I think in this community, we, 
at least I'll just speak for myself. I recognize the the rarity and the value in these people, and and I think that's why I went out of my way for you in particular because I was like, I'll be damned if I lose a guy like this, you know. Like I really felt like that because we need we, we don't have many, you know. Yeah. We just flat out don't have many, and and if we're gonna go out, let's go out in, in a blaze of glory as opposed yeah. to you know. Let, let's dance in the FEMA camps, right? Let's not let's not shuffle into the showers, right? We want to dance and celebrate and laugh at them as I, as we're being I'm taken pl- out. I'm planning for the dance to be uh, on the way to the boxcars as opposed to in, in the FEMA camps, hopefully. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I, I think there's going to be um, a lot to talk about next week with whatever the fuck happens with the inauguration. I'm yeah. I'm hoping that it's not a bloodbath, but I, uh, I hope you. God, I hope you have an episode next week, right? Not to go super hardcore like Doomer here, but no shit. Good lord, no shit. Um, so. Let's hope. Anyways, uh, thank you. Do you have any uh, other than the Twitter handle? Is there any other social media stuff? I don't even know. Uh, I stopped using Facebook a few years ago. Yeah, same. Um, I mean, I'm on there. You can search the same name that's on Twitter. Okay. Yeah, Travis Tyree, it's my name. You can look that up if you want to add me. I don't know if I'll ever log into that again, but maybe I would add you. Um, I have an Instagram page that I'm kind of using to more or less track uh, my girlfriend's progress and weight loss and my own too. I want to start holding myself accountable. Yeah, dope. And I, and I do want to kind of start helping other people out if they want to lose weight, get jacked, whatever they want to do. I can right. help them out. Uh, that one is TNT Community One on Twitter. Yep. So you can either find it through my normal Twitter Twitter page or uh, just a little stutter there for everybody, a little speech impediment. <laughs> uh, or you can just go to straight to TNT Community One and just look at that. And if you want to drop a message. So if you want to talk about, hey, you're hurting, you, you lost a loved one, or you're struggling with depression, or you want to lose weight, you want to get jacked, whatever, or hey, you want to just want to be, you want to spurg out with a with another spurg lord. Exactly. Hit me up, man. I, that, I love that, it. That's what this community is about, man. Yep. Well, uh, same with me. DMs open. If you guys have, uh, you know, any hardship you're going through, there are people out there that don't even know you that care. So uh, keep that in mind. Thank you guys for tuning in. I will catch you next week. I am having the Biting the Bullet guys on as well as Shane Hazel. So that will be objectively better than this episode. I, I don't know. This is a high bar, <laughs> but um, uh, the, the show continues to grow and it's because of, um, you know, people like you and guests that I've had. It's it's uh, it's amazing. Um, I, I think that there's a real need for this community and I'm I'm glad to play my little part. So thank you for coming on. Amen, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming in, Travis. It was a blast. Uh, he's a great guy. Make sure you give him a follow. And we got a uh, couple couple new reviews. A uh, little cheating on this one. We got Max Justice for All tuning in. Uh, he was on the, <laughs> the last episode, but he said, Wow, what a treasure. So great to hear the perspectives of, of the great list of guests. Uh, you, look at you flattering yourself. You are a great guest, though. So, uh, And Clint himself, who is like listening to a more articulate echo of my own beliefs about liberty. Put this podcast on your must-listen list, and you won't be sorry. He's right, folks. God damn, is he right. And then we got one more review. Uh, we got at Grayman223. Freedom Jones says, uh, I heard you on Biting the Bullet, and I've been a fan ever since. Keep up the solid work. I'll be catching up on all I've been missing. That's awesome. Um, I'm actually having the Biting the Bullet guys on this week, as well as Shane Hazel. I can't believe... The guests I'm getting, I can't believe the audience I'm getting. Um, you guys are legends. Keep leaving those five-star reviews. I'll keep giving you shout-outs. I appreciate it. The more this show grows, the more episodes I'll do. And uh, let's just hope that we see a, a brighter future together. In Liberty, I'm out. Big shout-out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all.
world premiere. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home The virus you're scared of will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening Scared Hollywood left these lyrical fappening A typo with Luke might bring the nooses We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses Freckles and Brit, didn't know I could spit Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm the shit Peter Quinones, invite me on Which podcast sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way, but I am unequal Lions of Liberty now hear me roar Beat running up, but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire, always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house No malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit I went over BLM with the fire I spit Friends against government, just call us fags Copy the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Liable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky Smooth Tom was the only sound Getting so hot must be air July Screaming in the mic to rip a 59 Miles to Ray showed that black guns matter Now all these lefties got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war but we're ready You know I be bopping and rock steady Liberty lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get them off the fucking throne If you're right with the thought, you've always got a home The virus you're scared of will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe Let's get into the show.